Beatnik bum trip bullshit. This conversation takes place on top of an RV. The RV is parked on top of the Santa Cruz Mountains. That's redwood trees all the way down to the ocean. That's particulating fog all the way up to the stars. So it's fucking cold out. The conversation is between Sean, who is deep in his manic phase last winter, Jedediah, that's me, and Chris. Chris is an anarchist, an intellectual, the maitre d' of a burlesque troupe, the host of the podcast Ideas Having Sex. He is wearing a leather jacket. The conversation takes place on top of the RV because Sean is prototyping an idea for having tea parties 50 feet up in the redwood trees. He's brought a lazy boy recliner, a bucket, and probably a chair made of bamboo pieces to the roof. There's not much space between everything. It's a pretty far drop down, so if you want to get around, you have to precisely, precariously balance between the chairs. There's a glass coffee table in the middle of all this that has some whippets that are rolling back and forth to make a percussive sound throughout the recording. Or maybe that's us swaying in our chairs in the night. There's no power, it's dark out, the redwood trees are looming, the fog is coming on, and yet you can still feel the vastness of being so high you really are at the top of the mountain in some rarefied air and your friend's been drinking water that's been laced with lithium for weeks in somewhat of an unpredictable but also highly attuned to the artistic sensibilities of being completely freaking in the moment of now and has just come back from L.A. on some sort of mission. That might be the percussive sound you'll be hearing as we talk from the roof all the way into the carriage of the RV, shaking the axles with this conversation. My psychology, the best defense for me is having um, a rapport built up with the audience. So if I feel like the audience already likes me and has liked what I'm doing, I will get more extemporaneous, more ad-libby, more just kind of authentic in me. I like ad-lib. I like more authentic. I like more me. How did we start this? The I don't rapport. know what the prequel was, but I like the end. <laughs> <laughs> the rapport, like how Chris can build a rapport with his... Uh, yeah, his so it's like once, once you get to that point where you're comfortable, Right? And everybody's yeah. comfortable with you, you loosen up and you see that you can just be yourself and everybody likes and you. That makes sense. That's the truth. And I think in for most people in most social interactions, like yes. if you, you're going to be more guarded the way you talk with a stranger. I'm talking about us right now. I'm not talking about Sean. But then we're you, back on, dude. <laughs> we're not out of it yet. <laughs> But that, my DMT pen. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. just kidding. No, but I, I know like you. Did make you pull it, your power together? Is this the music? We're hearing me- it. The music happening. means it works. I know, I know. Fuck yeah, dude. Not just now, but like you've always had a tendency, South I think, Queen's Sean, live. to like present a full, unguarded, authentic version of himself <laughs> to like to whoever. A couple years ago at Westcliff, Sean was in his uh make play happen phase where he was orchestrating trying to orchestrate adults I lost playing. my water and gain my music <laughs> and he would like go that. up to groups of hoodlums smoking cigarettes down at the cliff with the waves coming up and approach them asking to play like yeah. inviting them to like games and like just as mm-hmm. if, like, and then they wouldn't 
get it and be kind of like apprehensive. And then he would start showing him. He's just like, no, no, you know how. Check it out. And he would start playing and like, you know, having a good time. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, rare. But that, it, people are like that too. But everyone's got their, you know, their level of comfort with that. But if you know someone is, you know, you know, you, you're more comfortable with the, your relationship with someone you're talking to, you might be more guarded. I love karaoke. And I'll say like, oh, you do karaoke, I, lo- huh? I love karaoke. And if I'm going to do a few songs in the night, there's some songs I like to do that are very edgy. Um, and I wouldn't lead with those songs, you know? But if I do a couple songs and then the people, when I'm coming up, they're like, oh, this guy's done a few songs. I like him. He's cool. And then I do an edgy song. Well, I'm in with them a little oh, bit. Oh, that's, you know? rep- that's rapport. That's rapport. I-, I couldn't understand what, rap- or I didn't understand what rapport was. Yeah. Like, it, build, it just building they, a good relationship. This relationship building, you know, on a... Oh, it means that they kind of trust you. Yeah. Or they're they, willing to go somewhere with you. Yeah. They uh, like me. They trust me. They're, yeah, they're open to what I have to offer. But if, if the first thing you do, you know, if you watch, like, an edgy stand-up comic, they're not going to lead with, like, their edgiest material about, like... What's Whatever. an edgy song that you sing? Um, it's the edgiest yeah, song I sing is a song by the Bloodhound Gang called "A Lap Dance Is So Much Better When the Stripper Is Crying." Oh, okay, okay. And it's a comedy song, and the lyrics are just horrendous. It's it's largely spoken word with some singing. Yeah, but it's you know it's pretty fucked up, and I wouldn't leave with that song. And I don't, and sometimes I just wouldn't sing it at all. But if the Bloodhound Gang makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> do you know? Do you know them? I, I know that. The, I know that when like they play on the radio, mm-hmm. I, my brain just connects to those uh, those Spring Breaker DVDs that you would get on infomercials. Where what, like Girls Gone Wild stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. they associated with that? In my mind, they are. <laughs> same texture, same like. But that's just the connection I've made. They're, yeah, most of their, a lot of their songs are just, you know, like, edgy, comedy, you know, irreverent, um, that kind of shit. What would you say exaltation is? It's like, something to do with, like, cel- celebrating and honoring, but in, like, a, Sean was disagreeing with this, but I think in, like, an externalizing kind of way, in, like, a public kind of way. Uh, Excel. Exalted. Yeah. Like I think you could in- exalt in something and like just be like like reveling in the majesty of something where you could exalt someone else and like honor them but in like a, a kind of outward loud way. As a way. burlesque host, you, you're an exalter. I, I try to exalt the dancers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I try to exalt them, get the audience to exalt them. Maybe a little, what, what? little exaltation comes my way, no big deal. I don't caffeine on work nights, but thank yeah. you. I'm still on my library code. I've actually, I used to all the time, but I was, I've been better about not, and it's good for my sleep. Yes. Sean, what was exaltation in the Bible? Um, I've been thinking about it a lot. It was like right before I lost my phone, finally, I sent you a thing where I was jamming on the, um, it's like this uh, jungle drum and bass tune, but he, I think he was sampling a reggae thing. And you hear the guy going, um, Diva loves to exalt. Tunes, 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 tunes. So I was thinking about what that means. What does it mean to exalt his tunes? 
to exalt the stereo basically means you're just playing it loud and like rocking it out. The stereo's doing its thing, it's exalting itself. So anytime you're in your full on flow, that thing Chris was describing earlier where you're just completely opening up and being yourself and everybody's just fucking digging it, that's exaltation. And any object or anything can be in it when it's in this full groove. When you see like a rad speaking sports car, speaking. like if a sports speaking car sitting in the, speaking. if a sports car is sitting in the garage, it's not exalted. But if huh. it's jamming down the street at midnight as hard as it can, and you hear the engine blasting off all the walls in the city, that's the full exaltation of that sports car. Diva likes to exalt. How do you see it in the dancers? How do I see what their exaltation? Yeah, like, I mean, right, I, I can see sexy. I, I know hips and I can see like It's also, lines there's a lot of, of comedy body. in burlesque too. So it's. Oh, so it's not just like you're having a great hair day. No, it's, it, you know, there's a whole performance aspect. Oh, look, there's like three drops of sweat that have emerged. No, it's funny. It's, it's funny too. It's funny. Sometimes it's dramatic. Some of the some, you know, I'd say there's usually at least one kind of dramatic piece in any given show. Um, it's a. Uh, Dude, you get tuned into UCSC through the South Wind. I didn't check with you about time frames for for tonight. Oh, I'm on your time frame. Okay. I had figured you were working and it would just be. Oh, I think it's eight. Um, gosh, I like it up here. You know, we see all the way to Monterey. Yeah, when it was Alta, California, Monterey was the capital. That was it right there. Alta, California, capital of Monterey. The major. Uh, Does that mean King Mountain? Alta? The King of Mountain? No, Monterey. Monterey? I don't know. Like the King of Mountains. I don't know. I'm thinking Mont. Mont sounds like Montagna, and Ray I think means King. Mm. Mount King, King Mountain. What well, they called it that? Because that would be the Salinas Mountain Range there. Are you guys in a standing mood or a sitting mood? Because we can cultivate some seats with like pads and things if you want to like relax. I need to eat, so I'm gonna sit somewhere. Nice. Uh, yeah, sitting's good, standing's good. I'm feeling pretty comfortable. I think like 10, 10 30 ish is probably my outer limit. Perfect. Yeah, because that's a. Got another drive too and all that. It's another drive. It is another drive. That sounds grand. That sounds grand. Yeah, you never you never made it to one of the shows, right? No. Wait, this is what I'm into with Salinas Mountains. What is that? The Monterey Trench? The gorge underwater? Possibly aliens fly out of, of spaceships because it's so deep that it's not fully explored. But it's why there's so much life in the Monterey Bay is because all know. that sediment it's, it's, comes up Is that up like the San Andreas like fault line or something? I have an idea. It's a pretty good idea. Let's hear this idea. If we stand over here, you can see that I have two very 
nice chairs on top of the roof. I the like RV. this idea. So if we all go up on the roof, we're still outside, and I get to sit in a comfortable chair and eat my food. Sure. Yeah. Somebody might have top. to. Somebody might have to get creative about where they are because there's two really comfortable chairs and not a third one. But we'll figure it out. Maybe we can take turns. This looks like a pretty comfortable chair. You can bring that up if you want. There's a too. table up there that you could sit. I'm, I'm not worried about. We could bring a pad. We could I'm do a number of. Happy to sit on the floor. I'm happy to stand. I got a perfect thing I'm going to bring for you, Chris. But I also want to get my food together. Okay. Almost there on my food togetherness. Here, why don't you bring the food up and I'll bring a pad for you. John, what is the trench in the Monterey Bay? Hold on. What, oh, the Marathon. It's, it's something like that's that, right? Big one. That's the biggest one in the world, though. Yeah. Is that not in Monterey? It's really deep, too, though. It's Just this ladder over here. Upwind, got a view all over the Monterey. There's an assortment of objects around, including a satellite dish that is big enough to reach from the ground to the top of our view, where it just ascended to going up the stairs. There is uh, most definitely a lounge chair of extreme comfort. You can look inside and it's candlelight glowing. There is a bong wrapped in scrunchies and a microscope, full-on microscope, with maracas, baba, hanging in pastel rendering, with uh, flags draped down. Looks extremely serene, slightly still life with Renaissance I, I remember man. I probably turn the music off for podcasting. For no, let's go up I know, but it's always background. Yeah, totally, totally. It ruins it, Yeah, the instrumental, throw some instrumental ones. Hey, if we were all jamming on music and I was doing my delay lines and Kyle was getting out the guitar and the amp and we were like, gonna do that whole thing, we could go that direction maybe a little later. Cool. 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 I like this song. Zanita being grown through a bucket. Oh, some sort of dope electronic scooter. A bathtub. Propane filled. Took a bath for the first time today. Nice. How'd that feel? Uh, I mean, the first time over here with this uh, on this side. It's good, dude. Look. Whoa. I got some coffee beans in there. You have coffee beans in your bath yeah, water. Yeah, I just bathe in coffee now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> cool stove. And at the very back is... Who's this guy a picture of? Huh? Who's this? Check, okay. I was uh, lurking behind a cannabis dispensary. Yeah. And I found all this advertising marketing material. Yeah. So there's this guy, and then if you look over here. He's like uh, a very just my light. clean, happy bro. This just is the reason I took the whole roll of it. This dude. And <laughs> look at this wizard with his incredible nug. Who's just extremely excited about her jar of cannabis. Yeah. And uh, these, if you take one step 
two big steps back, you'll see the other guys. Okay. Wow, this is a full art gallery going there was on here. One more that was too creepy that I couldn't include. And it was like all this is happening, and then the one you're not seeing was that all of this was just on set. And it's like one final picture, and it's just like six or seven people, and there's like the two video guys and the microphone guy and the person who's directing and then like the three people behind you are just kind of watching and observing. Oh, this authentic, genuine scene of these people in front of their farms is just uh, And then you realize that like all It's all one play. Going up the back ladder of the south wind. Ladder makes cool noises. trying to get at with this trench in Monterey and the Salinas Mountains is like a... Okay, what's the name of that one? Is it not just a... Is it the... I don't know. Is this all one connecting? I view. It gets real cutty in there. I don't Where? remember the name of the trench, though. It's not the San Andreas Trench? Mm, maybe. I don't know. Dude, this is fucking rocking up here. Yeah. One of these batteries? stars right now. It's all misty and foggy. Usually it's super clear. Is it the Monterey Submarine Canyon? I mean, that seems like it would be the most rational name for it. Maybe it is just the Monterey. Monterey Canyon or Monterey Submarine Canyon is a submarine canyon in Monterey Bay, California with steep wall canyon walls measuring a full one mile in height from bottom to top. Wow. Which height depth rivals the depth of the Grand Canyon. That's big. That's big. the largest such wow. submarine okay. canyon along the west coast of North America. Okay, west coast. West coast is, that's a chunk. That's a chunk. That's gotta be it. Yeah, that's it. That connects to the Salinas River Delta. So those, like the whole Salinas Valley and that mountain range running along it, that's all one kind of connected movement of land or one just single passage of, uh, of earth energy lines. Remember learning that I think Hawaii is measured from seafloor to the top to the as top. as like an underwater like, mountain which is what it is right is taller than everest oh there's except i think i forgot oh yeah look at these this that makes it pretty fun to be on hawaii yeah, yeah. red beach for the garden yeah in red beach for the garden garden yeah. uh, those were growing up like the end of summer Somebody better make themselves comfortable in this chair. It has my snare drum in it. I've seated it to you. You see, you see I like that. I like that. <laughs> I've already seen Chris. I thought you would. Kyle's been disappeared through the woodworks ever since I lost my phone. I thought I was in excommunication. I was also kind of scared of you. <laughs> I figured you were scared of me, so I was letting you have your face. Huh. Nice. Nice. Not that I could have reached out because I didn't have a phone. So I didn't really... This is my whole life. I don't have a choice about anything anymore. Yeah. God throws me into heaven as long as I realize that that's where I am. Diva likes to exalt. 
I feel like I've been hanging out with you though, and uh, editing some nice. of these previous Not podcasts. I could have reached out because I didn't have a phone. I get back into oh, like the flow of where wife. it was going and what was happening. I can feel that it is a ska band interacting with a old school timey radio narrative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Conversations. Wouldn't that be nice. What I have people want right now. I have learned from you. Conversations are are musical. I'm like there's that. a push and pull to them, mm-hmm. and there's a give and give take in the same, same way same. that like music builds up. And I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at it, and I didn't see it was happening. You weren't good at it, but you're even better at it now right, than you ever knew you were before. before. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. Because yeah, you've always been way ahead of the curve, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, the whole world is following where you already yeah, were 15 yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. Far, yeah. Far, yeah. I, I see this. Where was I 15 years ago? Where was I 15 years ago? Dude, 15 years ago. Dude, 15 years ago, I was... Going across the country yeah. with Chris and fucking mainline and candy. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Coachella well, and Chris was, Chris like, was like, hey, you want to hey, go, go get, get in, in uh, Johnny Depp Winnebago? Sean Penn's bus. You know the story. We didn't know where we were going to go. The thing had ended and was like, all right, what's next? The Dirty Hands Caravan. We had some backpacks and nothing. We were at Coachella, one of you know the stops we decided to make. Uh, and the camp outside of Coachella was fun enough. I mostly hung out there. I think Kyle snuck into the venue once. I met a young girl there, and we ended up kind of having a little fling, and she was working at Coachella, and she got me in on the last day. Oh, um, Having a little sex. A little fun. And we didn't have sex. Just just a little, mm-hmm. little messing about. A little mess about. Mm-hmm. You guys liked each other. You were excited by each other. We were excited. It was springtime. Stimulating. Isn't that fun? It was springtime and you're on a bunch of <laughs> fucking mowed grass. And then surrounded and by everybody separated by was, just little vanilla or vinyl cool sheets. Just hanging out at the at the outside the venue. But I, so we go in there and there was a, at some point when they were closing it down and the venue was open again, Kyle and I were just walking around and there was a booth. Hmm. And it just said there was just a sign above it that said hosted and attended by Sean Penn. And we were like, what the fuck? And just given the venue, we were like turned a corner to see in the booth and just like half expecting to see Sean Penn just chilling out in there, whatever. There was no one around. He wasn't there. But we went about our business and at some point we heard some people talking about that Sean Penn thing. This is how I remember it. And so we asked them about it and they told us that he'd given a speech, you know, asking for volunteers from Coachella, whoever wanted to volunteer to join this thing he was putting on called the Dirty Hands Caravan that was going to be he was chartering some buses and he was going to, you know, take care of transportation, lodging and food and go from Coachella to Jazz Fest in New Orleans and stop doing like random volunteer uh, projects along the way. And he had a, fil- a small film crew to film it to make it a documentary. And, um, and um, you know, we, we were going to go to the Grand Canyon after that. Still never been. But we were like, when are we ever going to be in a position to just drop everything for like 10 days and just do something random because you know most of the time life doesn't doesn't offer you that kind of flexibility. No. So we did you it. Gotta, and not to mention, you grab life by the horns and force. Like, not to mention, also on a practical note, it was like, oh, we were on a horn. fucking budget. We were on a budget. That is over. This dude was paying for our transportation and food and lodging for like eight or nine days. So we hopped on and, and on these buses, and it was you know it was like it was some cool stuff, but a lot of it was just like you know young young people partying mm-hmm. and hooking up. Sounds fun. But it was a lot of fun, and Sean Penn was there. He hung out here and there, kind of quiet dude, and 
couple so of his other... to meet him and hang with him for a while. A little bit, yeah. Huh. A couple of his other minor celebrity friends joined up, too. He seems like he would be a pretty mellow guy. Like when he's not, you know, on for something. He's very mellow. Very understated kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh... Usually people who are real powerful when they speak, and then they get recorded, and then, like, millions of people see it. Yeah. They're probably not just jabbering away all the other times. They never made that documentary, oh. though. I think there's an IMDb page for it, but you can't find it anywhere. I've reached out to some of the people who, you know, we talked to a lot there to see if there was a copy somewhere. I couldn't. I never got anywhere. Hmm. Probably sucked. And then <laughs> it's because it'd be a documentary of a bunch of people just, like, the type of people that go to Coachella and then have two weeks. <laughs> Yep. No, this party doesn't have to stop. No. It was cool. It's definitely a highlight of that whole trip. I liked being on that trip because I could talk to you about anything. Talk to you and then about anything. And then you, you could say about anything, anything back. To you and I had never been around somebody with that particular power. And it took <laughs> me a little bit to even know that it was happening. But I was confirmed while we were waiting for a bus leaving, uh, like, the Greyhound Station in New Orleans, and we had a couple hours, so we were, like, on a, in a parking lot, and I ran an experiment and just started <laughs> going from topic as far as I could, and it was just, bam, soap, yes, and it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like me. That also sounds like you. What does it like mean you. to be free? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, were, you and Chris are probably... If there's some kind of like a satellite diagram, you know, and we're all kind of like one of the points on the star, right? Mm, mm. You and Chris would probably be kind of far apart from each other on that star because you're pretty different people. So oh, when I thought you, you were going to say so similar. It's going to spur every single topic that could possibly come up. Cause, I like that use of spurt. Because Chris <laughs> is always going to see it at some kind of like opposite or two thirds angle. And so when his finished with his sentence, then Kyle will again be propelling it, and the wheel will continue to spin. Ooh, yeah, spin that wheel. Continue Wagon wheel of stars. Yeah, I had just superficially assumed that we were similar because we both rocked cut-off sweats in high school very <laughs> diligently. And I was like, that's a, like an aesthetic that comes kind of from within. Yeah. You know? so I think like there's plenty of share, similarities. I mean, there's plenty of, of differences, but there's... Between the two of you and your characters? Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of similarities, but... You're pretty different because Chris, I see Chris as being very straight and super hyper logical. Chris is about as clean cut, straight guy as you can get, though he does like to fuck. Mm, mm, Kyle, mm. on the other hand, it's is pretty about logical as conclusion, as though. <laughs> Kyle's about as trippy as you can get. So Kyle's never shooting straight like an arrow. Kyle's much more like mycelium. Mycelium. I envy your <laughs> logic in the way that you're able to apply it. Like, you can see through things. I see, You take subjects and then it becomes almost transparent because you can, like, see through it and know how it's connected to this and that and then also be able to push it forward and backwards. Mm. Super cool. Like you were casually reading uh, the Tao Te Ching when we were on, like, the train. Mm-hmm. And I looked over, like, because I'm like, that looks pretty cool. I'd never heard anything of it. And you're like, yeah, it's a bunch of, like, ancient philosophy kind of put into these poems. And you just, like, crushed it. You just, like, went through and... Well, we had so much time. It's actually pretty short. Is it, um... um it's not the, all the different, like, uh, trigrams. It's not the one where you look up at, like, the... It's like you might be thinking of the I Ching. The I Ching, but the Tao Te Ching is different. The Tao Te Ching is yeah. more philosophical. Um, it's like all language. Down is up, forward like, is backwards. Like our, um, prose, poetry, kind of. Kind of, yeah. I, I the reason that I got into it, the reason I was interested in it, is because 
I got into it through libertarianism because mm-hmm. because Taoism what? was often cited because like you know there's a there's a mm. connection between libertarianism and anarchism obviously and oh, like scholars yeah, of like the history of yeah. thought often like to write about you know who are interested in that kind of stuff like what was the first like anarchist Dita writing to anarchic and um the Tao Te Ching and Taoism in general has like been brought up as you know some very early like proto quasi anarchic writing. The the way they write about authority and like yeah. bottom up structures. As opposed the Tao is to- all about the freedom. It's like inner freedom Whoa. of the consciousness. Yeah. Whoa. So, they, so were, they were looking for that freedom at a very early stage. The Tao is probably the precursor to when it started to all get out of control, and you actually needed to fight that freedom against all the other men who were trying to oppress you. It was no longer a fight against nature and your own senses. They That's have things the about ruling people in it. They do. It, they do have lessons for, like the leaders. I think they do. Yeah, it's like rule, I don't remember it that well. It's like rule by being <laughs> right. <It's> like <laughs> rule by being what is the absolute right for the people, which would be like the most successful. They were kind of believing in like an enlightened. Um, they believed in like a hands-off approach, like you know, let the people be what they want and, and do their thing and, you know, rule with a light touch kind of thing. Like, that's why anarchists like, you know, them. I remember also a lot of metaphors about water, like be like water. Yeah, totally. Like, just like, you know, it's, you know, it's a go with the flow kind of thing. Like, you know, go with the flow of what's around you and, you know, g- accomplish your goals by like the slow trickle yeah. and wearing away like water does. You know, water can can run through a mountain eventually and, and, and cut away stone eventually, but it just does it by being slow and steady and doing its thing well it's important to make metaphors like this because we have to re-embody all of the elements but the bigger part is that you can have a whole chapter about each element because we have as to a human, not only do we elements. have to be like water but we also have to be like earth and like air and like fire and then just, we have to know which Herculeum, is to Californium. because sometimes you need to be water but other times you need to be what? fire it's talking about elements yes. those are elements which, uh, wait, what did, oh, did you, oh, so like you've also got to be like Berkelium and Sometimes Californian you be Mendelibium. Mendelibium, Einsteinium, Einsteinium, Nobelium, <laughs> Neon. Do you know anything about that? Is it, does Chris go back to Crystal at all? Like, is that a connected? It goes back to Jesus. Christ. Christ. Oh. Christo. Yeah, it's so, it's like, Holy it's Christo, it meaning, Christopher means Christ like. It pretty much means Avatar. Avatar. Well. But I don't know if Christ and Crystal have any relation to each other. Yeah. I doubt it. Pretty core concept. Is it? It seems to me that things break down to a certain symmetry, and it's hard to escape that Crystal being one of the most fundamental ideas. That's what got me connected with elements, and you're talking about being the elements, mm-hmm. and I'm like, just like, all right, if you start getting into Berkelium and other realms that I don't know, like, what are those elements, and how am I going to embody it? And then I, maybe you're permanently embodying it as... <laughs> I think those are some of the man-made elements that, like, haven't been discovered in nature, but have been, like, created in labs. Oh, okay. Yeah, That doesn't okay. mean they don't exist somewhere okay. in nature, but, like... okay. Not okay. You know, they might exist in the core of a star somewhere. A star somewhere. A star somewhere. Yeah, I don't know how they, they yeah, started like they building started, like, bigger molecules, right? Like they started slamming it with some kind of artificial and then thing going on, and they'd get more protons and neutrons down in the nucleus. Like, and then they would make 
synthetic atoms and elements that never existed such before. Such a fun job. That's crazy. Such yeah. a fun job. Man. And they would name them after these weird things, too. That's why we got all this Einsteinium and other things. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're made in, like, labs in Berkeley. So you have Berkeliam yeah. and, you know, so much well, of the stuff was going on in California. we made this much of it, but technically it's an element, so it's on the list. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, so you were doing your libertarian homework when you were getting that book. To some extent, I knew it was. I knew it was not like primarily about that, but like that just popped some interest in my head. That's like you know why it was brought to my attention in a big way. I also uh, remember taking in college a uh, like a world religions class, and there's like little units on a lot of major religions, and oh, you know right. this was before you know it having been brought to my attention in that way. Uh, I just remember thinking that the the Taoism uh, chunk was kind of interesting. Did you fill out most of your general education? Did you like go like go to the edges of kind of all the subjects and you're like, all right, I kind of I don't think so. I think there's probably huge batches of information. Like I I, I wouldn't say I yeah, have totally I mean it's probably yeah. all but, over the place. But I mean like the In terms of like big subjects, like I don't think I could I don't know very much about chemistry or physics, you know. Some some of the hard sciences I've never like learned. I never took a class. I never took a chemistry or physics class. And the closest thing I've ever done to like reading about it for fun has had to do with astronomy because astronomy I have like kind of an inherent interest in. So really? I've, huh. I like learning about like quasars and stars and like maybe how like the universe formed in some some ways. So that touches on physics and stuff. But you know, beyond like well, I don't know. I'm sure I've picked up stuff. I might I might sell my be selling my shelf short and know more like about chemistry than I, I was expect, trying to picture like the decade in your life when you're just like going from subject to subject and just crushing books. I still do that a lot. Right? That's what I'm I'm feeling. Or yep. that was my experience like oh the times that I touch base with you. It's like you were like in something. Yeah, I don't think that's ever stopped. I think I think I uh, maybe in some, maybe it's shifted a little bit. I think like the kinds of things I'm interested in are broadly similar. I don't do as much like narrowly like political philosophy reading as I used to. Yeah. I still do some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that stuff. It was a bit much for me. That was where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like I couldn't. You were so deep in it. You were so far in it. I liked it because it was almost exotic that you were had a <laughs> fervor for it. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't go. You could go for days on it. I couldn't go for days. On I don't it. have as much of a fervor as I do anymore. I feel more like a like maybe I came to a place where I feel like I look at it as like a sport and a hobby rather than like a passionate like activism or something. Where sport and a hobby as in governing people? Or like no, no, how? like my interest in learning about it. Oh, like intellectual pursuits. Like I think people learn about. Okay, okay. Things like politics, and a lot of it's motivated by a kind of, like, fervor to evangelize and, and be an activist. And I think that's cool, and that and that's great for some people. But I, I kind of came around to feeling like that's not really me. Um, did you have that for a bit? I did. Yeah? Yeah. And in a light way, I still do. But my form of activism is very muted. It mostly consists of... Uh, like who you are. And what you do with your life? The, well, that for sure. Like I, 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 I think, I think I came around to feeling like it's kind of um, mostly just signaling and trying to appear a certain way to like 
really like wear your like belief your big picture worldview beliefs on your sleeves and act like th- that really matters in some cosmic way dude i see your beliefs in that leather jacket yeah. <laughs> it's more like you know it's the things cool dude those things, let's go back in time i love this man i, I like got it, it too got it. it's so much warmer than i thought it's vegan leather too is it warm it's very warm. What? Yeah, warm? I wouldn't have thought so. I didn't. I've never owned a leather jacket, and this isn't even a real leather jacket, but it's way warmer than I. Yeah, would you're not compromised to the wind chill. You're it's not compromised too. to like the, not the at all. bite. The bite of yeah. cold. Nothing gets through. It's waterproof. Yeah. No, my activism is is just uh, like some monthly donations to a few organizations that I like, and it's mostly not like political stuff anyway. Yeah. It's not. Going and getting yourself arrested for no reason. That's not your political activism. That's not my that's not my political activism. My that in that regard I just I, you know, I treat like the world around me and the parts of it I don't like as just, you know, like a, a giant a giant unchangeable beast that I you just work around. Is that s- sad? Hey Chris. Was that hard? Hey Chris. No. Yeah. That beast is changed. It's freeing. That's the only intrinsic game that has any interest. It's not mm. that I literally don't well. think it's changeable. Um yeah, this is. I just think that the way it, the way it changes. Uh, what would it take for you to think that it is changeable? What would it take for you to be like, no, no, things have got to change? No, it's not that I don't think thing, things have got you know shouldn't change or that they can't change. I just don't think that. Uh, I think that most people's sense of activism is delusional. Um, mm. Oh, oh, like and it's that your life, not doing it. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of expenditure that's mostly motivated by signaling the like a, 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 a desire to signal to other people the kind of person you are, yeah. rather than any actual direct effort at trying to change things. And that if you're if you're serious about trying to change things and in ways that you could be confident you would do it in, you would do it in small piecemeal ways. Um, how do you signal what you're into aside from on a screen? Like, how do you signal what kind of person you are? Just like by the kinds of things you talk about, the kinds of people you hang out with, the kinds of you know media you consume. Uh, huh. and, and by doing do think, anything that other people can observe. How many people do you think are actively doing that signaling? Everybody. Everybody. I think it's like... Because like, it's style. It's your clothes that you're wearing. And even if you don't have a style, you're saying something anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, they're not all signaling the same thing. But I, I think I think signaling to other people is like a pretty much... Hum, like a universal thing that social animals do. Not even a human universal. Yeah. Who... I'll tell you who doesn't He's signal. Eating. I'll tell you who doesn't signal. Spiders. Yeah, in a small corner, they're watching you. A- animals that are that are completely asocial don't signal. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of. Spiders. Opposite. No, spider is the ultimate signal with that web. I just huge it's not light that, it's just emerged through that tree. It's so not that like, nobody is going to notice it or like think something about it, but they're not doing anything to signal to like, you know, gain status with potential mates and allies. Um, I so so fucking out there though. From coming from a spider that has that web <laughs> listening, like this looking at a spider web a couple months at the end of the summer was yeah. like confirmed me into okay, God is out here and doing this. It was like one of those spider webs that was uh, an orb, and then it was yeah. the morning light, and oh, it was listening through all of it, and it was like okay, this is. But the, tar- the target of it everything is something that the spider wants to not notice it at all. So that's why I don't think it's signaling. 
Like, I think it's, it's, it's trying to do the opposite of signaling, to, like, hide and have, like, an inconspicuous trap. Spiders don't fuck? They, they do. So they probably signal a tiny, a tiny, tiny bit, you know? Even asocial animals have to be social enough to mate. Um, but, but... But even but no, that's that's not entirely true. That's a great under, line for somebody's <laughs> page, dude. That's awesome. Underwater <laughs> animals don't have to don't have a to mate in that way. They just fucking shoot their they shoot their business in the water, and then it just gets absorbed by a female somehow. Like, yeah, huh? they don't. I don't think fish fuck for the most part. <laughs> Do that with your. Ah, oh, God, I'm so glad I that doesn't happen me. with us. Or is it would just like probably they, like, some do some eggs outside of the other person's. Probably some do, situation. but a lot of the way a lot of the way underwater here. animals mate is the you know there's eggs that are laid and unfertilized huh? and they're permeable and then some you know male fish probably go around and sperm around yeah. near the eggs and it and some of it gets in. I'll just put these over here. Somebody will fertilize. And the way and the way sex evolved was that like <laughs> some animals started going up on, on land a little bit because of something. And then shooting their loads up there is why they did it. You know, like how reptile eggs are like softer at first than um right. you know than so like there's the eggs Lounge are still permeable lizards. and so instead of just jerking off in the water and having the sperm go in the eggs, they you know jerk off, start to jerk off on top of the eggs. Yeah. And like this slow, like over millions of years evolutionary process. And at some point, like <laughs> the, the the males that were more likely to get their sperm passed on were like, hey, I'm not gonna jerk, jerk off on top of the eggs. I'm gonna jerk off right in this lady before it even before comes it even out. comes out. Yeah. And that process slowly turned into sexual because yeah, it came in to be like a race. Yeah, it's a it's a race. And who can who day, can fertilize this damn egg? At what point did they start broadcasting their motives? This, this brings whale orgies to mind. Uh, when when <laughs> when social life. <laughs> When so, I'm picturing it before now. Before we move on too far, isn't that the whole thing? It's like, isn't it the last whale that wins because they have such a forceful ejaculation that all these other whales who can't wait? I thought it was come an orgy, first. and they're all but then like the last multiple partners is the one who actually lands it because his jizz blows everybody else's out of the womb, so only the final whale remains. Yeah. Well, the competition the never never ended. So at some point, like males of different species evolved ways to try to like oust the the previously laid sperm. Yeah, I, I think exactly. the shape of some penises is designed to scrape out sperm from previous dudes and some you know, some animals. Mm. I think the signal yeah, the yeah. signaling comes up when when animals evolve to be more social and to have like you know alliances and stuff and to work with people who aren't just their you know. Well, there's frequently some Mother. kind of a biological trick too, because what? this female may only be fertile for a very short time. So the men may all go crazy for her all at once, and you know it's not like it's nothing but sex for these critters. But their physical biological parts are designed to be like this is a competition, and it's mm-hmm. going to be hot and fierce right now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good host line. One of the coolest books this is that I've re- that I've read ever it's read. Be hot and fierce. <laughs> <laughs> I've read recently is called <coughs> it's called the Elephant in the Brain. Uh-huh. Um, and it's largely about like signaling and social animals and especially they people. do some crazy signaling. It's not about elephants. It's about it's it, a play on the elephant sub, in the that, room. Like, subsonic sound. Don't oh, think the elephant make in the, the brain. Crazy yeah. bass sounds that we can't hear. They make hypersubsonic sounds. Bass yeah. that's too bassy for humans to recognize. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I want to hear some of that just like... 
I forget how for there a was human somebody level. who came. They like are they making rhythms it. or talking or what? I think they were doing some field recordings and then they sped it up and they kept hearing these weird like ghost sounds because it brought the sub pitches up into the like regular, you know, like sub bass that we do here. <laughs> it's ghost elephant tones. Yes, they were like, where is this coming from? And then they eventually figured out that the elephant. I don't. I forget how they were making it. Pounding on the ground with their or something. I'd have to look again. I remember reading about this. It was a long time ago. So they don't, in the elephant in the brain, they don't go into elephants signaling? I don't think they do, but I'm sure they do because they're relatively social. It's how, like the elephant get started on the signaling? Where does the signaling come in? The signaling, mm, if I'm politics. hearing this correctly, ah. is what we're doing as social animals to have our place. Yeah, to win mates and allies. To win mates and allies. To, but to advertise that we're good mates and allies. Is bullshit? Uh, no, it's not that it's bullshit. It's that if you're... It just can be manipulated and lied about. It's, it serves a real purpose, mm. I, but I think if it's possible to transcend some of it, not all of it. Yeah. And I think if you look it squarely in the face, it's hard to take seriously some of the things that you think you're doing. The subtitle the of the book is the book Hidden is Motives hidden. in Everyday Life, and it's like the elephant in the room is a big obvious thing that no one wants to talk about. The elephant in the brain is... The big obvious chunk of human motives that are that's uncomfortable, uncomfortable to acknowledge. To acknowledge oh, which is, oh, which is, uh, greed. Just to some extent, yeah. but it's greed. but it's greed. Just, yeah, just to some extent. Yeah, it's but it's other people down so you have more. Man, I thought human motives were like pretty much wholesome, and that's why we're like getting along so well. It could be a depressing. It could be a depressing book. No, it's it's what it focuses on is that a lot of the things that people do that appear to be like benevolent and altruistic are primarily. The, the, the real, real goal, goal is not, is not that, that, but to, but advertise, to advertise to potential mates and, and allies that you're the kind of person that would make the kind of person. This guy, these are douchebags. He's just calling out, like, inauthentic posers. Yeah, but also saying that, that that motive is pretty universal and happens even in people who don't. You know, some people are better at it than others. For animals that are super hyper-social and all they really have to do is compete with each other all day... That's what it's going to be. It's just going to be like this big, complicated game of trickery. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a drama. And one of the biggest theses in the book is that the, you know, we've evolved uh, mind control abilities. Not literally, but like we're really good at detecting lies and manipulation. And so there's counter-evolution of you know being a better liar and manipulator, and that the huh. that the best way to right. yeah. to yeah. fool someone else is to fool yourself. So a lot oh, of that's what? how we're doing it. Say yeah. that again. Yeah. That the yeah. best way to flash on that. <laughs> yeah. The best Feel way to that. fool other people is to fool yourself. And All if right. you believe it's like it's not a lie if you believe it. So, How am I fooling so myself? Yeah. Tell by, me well, more the about example, that. But furthermore, I just want to like combat that because it just seems like <laughs> the natural conclusion would be that eventually you would just stop duping yourself and see what happens. Uh, You'd have to know you're doing it, though. But like it's if, possible that if, not if doing it would be a this critter to a point where the best thing that that critter could do would be to be constantly lying to itself. Not constantly. You, you know just often around. enough. It's There's probably the an equilibrium that's like an ideal amount of self-deception. Yeah. Well, the example I started with was was like say political activism that you want to convince yourself that the main reason you want to be like a social activist of some kind is to help other people and save the world. And it's not saying that that's no part of the motive. That 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 you know that the noble part is a part of it, but that a lot of it because it makes you appear like the kind of person I that other people the, would want the as an ally or as a mate. Activist stuff and like people like virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I got that. I want to know like the charity to hidden stuff. Like the things that you wouldn't even know that you're okay, doing. Okay, Kyle, you better sit down now. I like it, dude. 
reverse um, action. Well, the, the book starts off as like given that general thesis, and then most of the chapters are like, oh, here's a particular area of life. If you want that, double double check the corner, make sure it's stable over. Uh, I just don't lean back in that chair because that chair is one of those ones that like reclines we're, way back. And <laughs> we're on top of a Winnebago. This part would come out and hit this stuff. It's with yeah. leather lounge chairs. Second story of the Fleetwood. Higher than anybody else in the valley. This is, dude. We're at the top of the top. Yeah, it's pretty close. All right. I like this. I like this. So like here's this. an here's an example. Oh. Here's an example. Um. Oh. What sounds more satisfying? Um, putting some money in an account. And letting it build interest and like bequeathing it to a charitable, you know, cause in like in like a hundred years when it's when the money has has after I'm dead after you're dead when the money has like grown exponentially from but, interest and stuff. But you do know now. I've never even thought about it's doing very this. well. So this that's is this is this is a do? puzzle. This is a puzzle that's brought up in the book. Benjamin Franklin did it famously. Really? really? I'm sorry. It's right. called the elephant in the brain. Okay. Okay. Um, or Back doing did, some how kind much of money. Did you donate? I forget what he, he was a wealthy enough dude so he left a certain amount of it it was donated it was like specified to be donated after like a, a hundred years to um, uh, and it's exponentially growing to like they you don't know, need it now they'll need it more no but later. totally well, no, well, it's, it's, it's a gamble that the interest is going to be bigger than their desperation but he doesn't <laughs> know that because he's obviously not desperate <laughs> he, he, he doesn't me going. but let me but, <laughs> let, but let me finish let me finish <laughs> you could even you could even say or just just <clears throat> donating money to a charity that you know is like very evidence based and effective at, at you know like uh, doing a lot of good for for less input you know like to, right. like your money goes a long way with this charity yeah and and there there's there's organizations whose whole job is to like research charities and find yeah. out what's more evidence based and effective and like usually the most ones, effective ones, which ones are have just to do with heavy. like malaria like bed net distribution in like sub-Saharan Africa or something like that doing something like that. Or like volunteering at a soup kitchen, or like you hey, know, you like helping someone face Wait, no, face to me. face. I'm on my own. Hold on. Sorry, boy, it's what hard to get this out. The the point. The po- <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. The point. The point is, is that one of those methods might be objectively way more effective at like delivering actual help to actual more help to to more needy people. But one of them might feel a lot better. The like in person, face to face, like volunteer at a soup kitchen kind of charity. Yeah, Maybe if you're not thinking it through, but you can see which one's actually going to do the most and you can reap that feeling inside of you. You can with effort, but most people can't and most people don't. And one kind of charity is vastly more common than another. Like the most, most common kinds of charities. Emotionally transparent? Well, I think people fool themselves into thinking that, you know, a, like more more visible, like in your face kind of charity is better and probably don't question it. So this is one of the hidden motives thing. It's like, you know, if you're if the real goal was to like help as much people as possible, you might end up doing things that feel pretty unsatisfying um, to be charitable. But if the goal if part of the goal is to be seen as being charitable, not just to be charitable, you're going to do things that are more conspicuous and visible to other Here's people. Here's your soup. This is the definition. You're welcome. Of You're welcome. Baba defines this as a hypocrite. I do that, dude. I won't tip until 
they are looking at me put the money into the jar. Yeah, yeah. so that's another right? verify. That's another version. I, I I was just at the point where I was like, I should get over that. Mm. Right? I, I have several times should noticed I, people looking away and felt yes, bad and then just being like, no, just own it. They have the money. I don't need I don't need the recognition. Right. right. So what, what do I need to do? I should do that, right? That's the better thing to do. Because I, I'm always I actually just started tipping because I was tired of changing. I, I don't know. I was just. It's always I, circumstantial. I, There's like a million bajillion things going okay. on at the time. I don't think it's music. always bad right, to see. Right. Sometimes to you're going to hit it right on the one. Sometimes you're going to wait a beat. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to drop it. It's not always bad yeah. to seek that kind of recognition. I, I, but I, you know, I think if you're aware of it, and if sometimes like it leads to like absurd decisions, like it's good to be aware of it and try to transcend okay. it. That's yeah. a pretty small thing, but like, mm. you know, I. Ultimately, uh, I was worried about them judging me as somebody that wouldn't tip them. Yeah. And there's practical things there. Like, I, I, I don't like that I've fallen into that. I love how in this whole conversation, we've already bre- like made the scope of, I want to call it exaltation, being the thing where you're just completely being yourself without uh, any deception. Yeah, yeah. They do. And, they being, and so connected. not only are you being yourself and you're in the act of doing it, but you're also being witnessed. There's a connection with other people there. Witness me! It's, it's incredibly important. <laughs> I never knew how important it was when all these hippie people were talking about holding space for this or holding space for that. I'm holding space for her emotions. I didn't know what that meant for the longest time, but now I realize it really is critical. Gotta have that there. What does it mean? That's a, that's a phrase that I often I like, feel like... I want to go into that. that, but before I do, I just want to contextualize that we've got the one side where we're just completely being ourselves without any veil. We're not even lying to ourselves anymore. We I'm finally truly know to. ourselves, and we're being that, hopefully, continuously. But the flip side is what Chris is talking about, which is this kind of... I, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like it's driven from lust. I want to say, like, sexual lice, you know, having this massive Ooh, orgy or sexual aphids lice. all over some broccoli. <laughs> it's just like a yeah. whole call. There's so many humans, and we've all been attracted to each other and all the different types of humans so many times. And we love doing what we do, but it's also this jealousy thing and this greed thing that we have. And so we end up... Like you said, no, it just fuck. becomes this big lie. It becomes this big deceptive process. And that's why privacy is so important. It's mm. a very interesting thing to take a Christian culture that believes that God is seeing everything all the time, and yet privacy is so critical in that culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why, 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 why? Who are you thinking is more important than God, what, you, what they see? At least God will see all the good things, too, then. If you want to be witness, God, everything. God will see all God the good things. God sees when you take a shit. He knows if you have constipation. He knows everything. Dude, in the Gospel of, of Thomas, that uh, the Jesus teachings that were dug up in, uh, in Egypt in that glass bottle, mm-hmm. that's one of the things he says. He's like, why worry about, uh, why worry about what people are thinking? God's yeah. going to see it all. You're going to bear the weight the of The only this. person who knows is the only person who matters. I think about that when I'm... There's a bunch of people who are going to think they know, and they don't matter at all. You have a lot of things to re-witness. It's probably hard to to take that seriously because even, you know, people who are, I think, authentic believers, like, you have to struggle with your your beliefs and how real that belief is to you. Like, you know, what other people perceive matters in a really visceral, concrete way. Well, it's when we're afraid of the outcome. Because we've learned probably through some lifetimes or generations or 
you know, evolution or reincarnation or whatever. We've learned eventually, like you said, that we got to have this veil, this mask. We got to hide ourselves a little bit because we think we've trained ourselves that maybe this is a better role. Mm. And maybe what, it, what did you find? There's a there was like a dereve or something that happened. I got to wonder where the origin of this is. The derive where we went from go, authentic beings yes, into... where we started being social, sending the signals, masking it up, because this was the better way to get more sex. Dude, to that's present a kicko, man. something Why that was a bit different than what apple. we really were. That's been with us since yeah. the beginning. I, don't think, I mean, I don't think of it as like there was a time before we were like this. I think, I think it's strictly a human thing. Pretty much all animals, I want to say, are just doing their thing. Animals. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No, no, animals no. Those lizards, other animals? Dude, those lizards. Those lizards. Tell me again where you witnessed this the... behavior, like the deception, direct deception, in order to you know maybe like get a better. They do it with uh, their bodies or something like lizards that. Lizards will come up and they'll stand on rocks and they'll flail their waddles. Okay, that's the signal. It'll be bright and red. This is the signaling we're talking about. Deceiving some. It's just, you know, deceiving rivals into thinking that they're bigger that's and stronger like than they are. It's just intimidating them. That's not deceiving them. And two, it is also actually authentic and real because it is think, their that's body. What that it is really, yeah, that's what that lizard is really. Yeah, that's what the lizard is really feeling. Physically, just like have in ah, it. it's just like his passion coming yeah. out because he's getting ready to fight that dude. Because maybe if he beats him off first, then he can have the woman that he wants. I don't know if I could come up, come up with like a concrete example, but like let's say there is a social band of monkeys or apes or something like that, um, and. Because there are there. This is definitely the. the you don't type think of that critter. there. You don't think that there are monkeys that try to like shirk oh, their duties sure and are. like get you know you know shirk their duties. Yeah, shirk what their are duties. Monkey duties. Monkey duties. Like well, maybe to, maybe <laughs> to con- to, with their bananas and their fucking. All no, that. to contribute in like a hunting raid or something like that. Like to to kind of hold back and not put oh, themselves in as no, much risk. They but probably still, have a lot of social things they have. Still to reap yeah. a little bit more of the of the meat oh, booty or something. Oh yeah, for sure. You're right. They're kind of like, okay, I'm gonna hang back while these younger cats go in and really. Yeah, you yeah, you, you right. want to do it enough I to like not get caught. Smart enough, but if you if you're if you're able to do it yes i'm sure you know deception is going to look different in animals but i'm sure like in some in those kinds of ways where there's like a general you know you, know, you might you be punished by the group or something this, when you're cruising through the book what did you find were you gonna charity donate a tax deductible donation that's going to be activated in 75 years of <laughs> uh, you know you i did not i did not choose to well, do that why maybe you wait 300 years because wouldn't yes. it be even better yeah totally well i here's let's here's put some like Let's, let's, let's just make, make some of these thou- accounts. The, the homeless people a thousand years are going to be way more needy, and my money is going to be more than ten times bigger than their need. That is, that is a, it is a long shot. I actually have different beliefs about that, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you think oh, it's yeah. true that it would really help more? It depends on whether you think the economy is winning or not. Yeah, we're it? at the end of money then, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, and I don't. I think that in general, our descendants will be better off than us, not worse. And no, I know, what I mean to say is that. Um, Okay, there's a charity. I'm assuming the charity is to try to help somebody who's having a hard time now. Yeah. This is somebody, this is coming, the charity's coming from somebody who's in exaltation. They're just, they're doing great. They've got an abundance. They've got an abundance of food, money, whatever it is. They don't have any particular suffering. But there's somebody suffering now, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just hilarious to me because the mentality of the rich person has already brought them to a state where they've amplified themselves and magnified themselves through time by sort of, you know, every month is bigger for them. Ah, 
I it's like not, thinking of a rich it's person. Not like that is what it is. That's what it is. Every, Every month, month is they're bigger. getting bigger. They're never like, oh, it's hand over fist. They're never, they're never at that line or they're going down. It's just always – it's like am I still at the exponential level or did it start to get linear increase this month? And what a charity to be able to bring it's everybody important to, to realize that, that because state. when they're talking about the interest and the charity they want to give later, it's the same thing that they're doing. And it's almost like they're bringing that to some future homeless the, people. Oh, hand over fist is what they're doing in this they're like, exponential well, rate. They're the, the suffering on. now is not that important. If I wait to help, then I'll be able to help more people later. And I'd be curious to look at the numbers, but it's just... It, it's, well, we don't have access to those numbers because we don't know what the future holds exactly. Know, and you can't really measure suffering. Have you found an account where you can invest for 80 years from now? No, and I forget the name of the, this general kind of charity, but there's a name for it. I wanted to look into it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's called a Methuselah Trust or a oh, Methuselah charity Methuselah. or something. Methuselah. Oh, that's yeah. a great name. Um, wow, Methuselah. I but no, that what I've stuck on is is getting into this movement called effective altruism. That's like kind of all about like evidence based uh, charitable donations and stuff. And does the, it really make you feel better? Uh, He's making a difference. Yeah, a little bit. So you donate a little money, and that yeah, to I, that extent, it makes you feel a little. I better. donate something like seventy dollars a month to a couple different organizations. You want to donate twenty dollars a month to me? I want to donate my friendship to you. Mayor Baba School for Harmony and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You you show me. You show me. You submit your you submit your organization to GiveWell. That's the main organization that oh, researches the charities. That. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if they if they say it's a really evidence based charity that that you Wait. know. Let me light up my faux cigar. <laughs> um, and yeah, I know it makes me feel it makes me feel a little bit good. What is this? Oh, it's a little smoking piece. It's pretty sweet. It's got a metal ring, so you can close up the bowl and then you open it up, and it looks like a big cigar. It looks like a cigar. Oh, here's something I, I maybe I realized about myself as I was getting into this is that to some extent it is a response to feeling shamed by other people for not doing the kinds of activism or charitable work or things that they think I should be doing. And like, even if it's not even real, if it's just like what I perceive, you know, a simple example is like someone on the street asking you to like sign a petition or donate money to like some cause in Greenpeace. And I want to be like, I don't want, I'm not interested in like donating to something that I just like learned about for two seconds from some dude on the street. If I'm going to donate to something or a cause, I'll I'll look into it myself and do it on my own time. Yeah. And having done that, it's not going to be this guy convincing you. It's coming out to you to some extent yeah yeah isn't amazing how many people will be convinced by that guy well yeah and that's and that's part of part of the reason is because it's a public display of of something and it's even more so there's studies on this (laughs) chris what i knew you you would take trash in public and throw it on the ground in front of people yeah you would circle the block back and pick (laughs) it up later and then he'd come back and pick it up opposite of this dude so yeah sure. needs of other people. i still like, think that's I funny feel, how dare you have this spot this where the, like people okay, are wait, getting into you and deciding who <laughs> you are you're no puppet bro i'm mm. no puppet this um, is brilliant thank you for bringing this up it's, this is a perfect example why is chris doing this this is the deceptive behavior i, we see, need I to think uncover. that the shame is real though. I think that shame's like a built-in emotion. I use yeah. shame to guide me, and it's not shame from outside people or what other people think. It's shame from me. Like when I genuinely look inside, I'm like, "Oh, hey, I feel feel shame." What is that leading me to know? Yeah. But that's something you know. I want to believe that it's just like, no, this is my she, attempt she, to 
identify a more effective way of like being how much difference do you think that your 70 bucks has done like if you you know wait, like wait, sometimes wait. you before you know, we you move on cows. I, I i know about the 70 dollar i don't mean to interrupt let's we can get back to that but you, you said something interesting the shame. You know about that seventy. That you know shame about is that critical. 70? I don't know nothing about that seventy dollars. We're starting to get to why is the deception there, and it has to do with the shame. I think that's a big part of it, and it's interesting to me because I think that that shame, Kyle, you're proposing that maybe it's a correct thing that it's kind of guiding you into this right behavior, like a pain reaction. Yeah, it's like part of your intuition. Maybe it's like telling you when you did something yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Part yeah, of that like angel, a, devil a, on your shoulder kind of thing. Yeah, an emotional intuition. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it is. Also, actually, signal. I think maybe I have a more uh, signal. Uh, not scientific, but uh, uh, Scientologist signal. view. I'll Correct me if I'm wrong, signal. Chris. I think <laughs> I actually have a Scientologist <laughs> view on this particular point. I know a lot about Scientology. I think ah, that okay, shame okay. is more like Fact a reflection or an echo of. The guilt that we were given from other people, oh, yeah, mainly you our parents. It. You got to decode it. Our parents are constantly looking at us and trying to make us something else because they see it as their job to sculpt us into fit into this very deceptive society that we live in. And so, so whenever... I mean, just trying to keep you healthy. No, so it's just all these kind of random things that happened in your life where your parents were telling you no and they were giving you a certain energy. And then mm. after a while, you learn to give yourself that energy and it's called shame. Oh, oh. And then you know, it no longer takes somebody else to punish you. You just punish yourself and you keep yourself in line. That's a freaking good thing to be cognizant of. No, I don't, I don't think that's totally wrong. I mean, I think, I think there's, there's a I lot of that. I think that's where it's coming from. I don't think it's an accurate thing at all. And I'm not saying that we should be completely free of shame regardless of what we're doing. It has to do with our conscious state and how aware of what we're doing and why we're doing it and the... The full experience, the wisdom to know the repercussions of things. The first time someone drinks alcohol, say, they've never had any alcohol before. They don't even know about it. Say they had no cultural context to understand what this substance was going to do. But maybe they were like in the village for the first time and someone serves them a weird drink. Mm -hmm. And they have a few sips and it tastes kind of funny, but it's interesting. Mm. I like this weird village where they're getting (laughs) their first drink. To contextualize that, like, you have no idea what this thing is. You don't know that it's about to fuck you up or not. Yeah. You don't don't know there's going to be a repercussion to following some kind of a false instinct, right? Because suddenly you're going to get this false instinct where you feel free and fun and you're kind of spinny, but it feels fucking great. And maybe somewhere deep down inside, if you were more experienced, you'd know that you kind of had to take it easy with this thing. But if you don't know that because you don't have the experience, you'd follow your body, lower level intuition, and it would just take you for the full fucking ride. And then you wake up feeling shitty the next day and be like, was that worth it? And that's the natural, that's the real guilt, the shame. When your body is like, ouch, that hurt. I made a mistake. I'm in Mm. pain now. Mm. That's not your parents telling you something wrong. That's the universe telling you you did something wrong. But you it's hard for people to connect the dots. In that night, it's not always easy to know you why you're hurting. Ashamed of people can't figure out where the hurt your is coming from. Parents would never even expected to say that they had to tell you no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have an innate capacity I never for thought shame. We'd find you doing this. <laughs> but the, the, like the so it would be an authentic emotion <laughs> that you would be generating in yourself. Yeah. Yes. Dude, fuck yeah, man. I want to be aware of all my emotional inputs and if they're coming Isn't from me or they're coming thing, from outside. Don't they say that it's pretty much all kind of like a repercussion of some kind of weird thing that happened with our parents? How far up in Scientology did you go? You got to the secret info? Oh, I got deep. Chris no, I never all. I never joined it or anything, but I became obsessed with it and learned a lot about it. Yeah, you got to from like, a third-party the, the secret files. 
sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've read, I've read some of the secret files. Yeah, they, they've been leaked yeah, for leaked. a long time. I think they got some of them got leaked initially in the eighties. Um, there was a real big, nice Scientology church down in Ventura. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go check that out when I'm down there for my court date. Yeah, yeah. check it out. Get there. Get on the front steps. When's your court date? Uh, I think it's the 28th. San- and you have three coming up? <coughs> I don't know, because Santa Cruz... I missed one in Santa Cruz, and now they haven't rescheduled it yet. Properly. You missed one? You Did, did you not get a notice for it? I missed one because I was in jail in Ventura. How am I going to get there? <laughs> I'm in jail somewhere else. I need a note from my prison guard. I told him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, I know there's no way that this is going to happen, but if you could get me to Santa Cruz by tomorrow so I could be at my court date, that'd be great. <laughs> and they're like, eh, and then they just still kept me in there for like six hours all night. Eight hours all night more. I don't remember. That, that Ventura one was long. Man. So I think I, I appreciated being in that one a little bit more because that was a cold night, and that bench was at least big enough to lie down on. <laughs> Chris, you saw the uh, the uh, movie where they took uh, Joaquin and rehabilitated him as a Scientology man. Yeah, the master. The master. Yes, I love that director, and I love that movie. Yeah. This is Joaquin Phoenix becoming a Scientology master. It's a movie that's that's very clearly based on Scientology, but they don't use like Scientology. Yeah, because they're gonna get it's a movie. Yeah, uh, the sequel would be you in Ventura at the Scientology building. <laughs> <laughs> like that would... Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. It starts with him, like he's just a degenerate kind of sailor who's just. On the beach, like Popeye, but he's not eating spinach. He's taking meth, just drinking a lot of things. And... No, I think he's <laughs> yeah, doing. He's right. doing some other drugs. That's what those typical sailors do. He's doing other drugs too. He's doing other drugs. He like they made. He's with all the other sailors, and they made like a, a sand boobs, and they're all kind of like joining and looking at it. But then he just crawls over and like starts fornicating with it. Yeah, I'm not trying real. to say, he's just the farthest, he's he's far out of what a society deems a, a decent stand-up man. And then the movie is the master taking him in and showing that through his techniques of, uh, I don't know, the secret files, he can make this person become uh, What do they call it in, the, in that? It's not called Scientology. They call it a, it's like something like the path or the, the road, some some generic kind of name, not but they got they got, not the, in Scientology. Well, no, I mean in the, the spiritual movie. path. Oh, in the, the, in the movie, the oh, name I, of the organization or that the religion. The guy, the guy who's who's like the master is very clearly based on L. Ron Hubbard. Dude, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Philip Lancaster ex- Dodge. He just excuse, like it just comes out of him. He's so good. It I'm just like come out. Like what is that? Like it's know. a it's a variation on charisma, but it's uh. It's like sexy and cool, <laughs> right? Something he can do. He can do a lot because he's. I've seen him in roles where he's not that at all. But yeah, he is some kind of magnetism. Like yeah, he Who just Philip Seymour Hoffman. Do you remember you you um uh, the same director who did this directed sure Magnolia? I, I know you're a fan of Magnolia. Oh. Wait, is he a, he's a director? Or no, he's the, an actor. Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman's an actor. Okay, but the director of the master was. 
the same director who directed Boogie Nights and Magnolia. I gotta see it then, man, because those are two great movies. Great movies, yeah. and and Philip Seymour Hoffman has been in a few of his movies. He was yes. also in Boogie Nights. He in in Magnolia. Do you oh, remember so like the, the director could see him? Yeah, he knew. Yeah, the he was that kind of like chubby blonde guy who was like the male nurse for the old man in Magnolia. <sighs> Might have been too long for you to ever call, but. What happened in Magnolia? Like it's a weird it's movie. It's kind of all it's over like the place. It's like four. Right? It's like four separate dramatic stories that kind of intertwine in very bizarre and like vaguely supernatural ways. Um, I'm gonna make this beat. As you recount Magnolia. Well, one of the stories is a is an old man, an old rich man who's estranged from his family, and he's dying and wanting to, I don't know, get some peace before he dies. Philip Seymour Hoffman's his nurse. One of them is Tom Cruise. When he was kind of falling away from Scientology, he did a few darker movies. This was one of them, and he plays Tom Cruise is yeah. in Magnolia. Yeah, he plays this he's like self help, yeah, like really good. men's rights, like and pickup yeah, artist style. So- Inside. Who's like yeah. so tortured he's, behind the scenes? He's giving all these speeches to like men about how you know like women are shit and how to how to like just score all the and time like, and so right, powerful and like respect the cunt doing and tame the cunt. That's his that's his tagline. So it's just this oh, piece Tom. of shit guy. Tom. But he's Tom. but it's his dad who's this old guy who's dying. That would be oh. such a fun oh, role. Okay. And he's he's very tortured. Um, Who plays the old dad? Not a famous actor you might recognize, but I don't remember his name. And then another story is this this older, not so good looking gay man who's very lonely and just wants to find love. And he's kind of in love with this younger guy who he keeps seeing at a bar and wants to win his affections, but it's not working out. At this point at the VHS, I was like, this is a sad movie. Yeah. Like, it is so a it's sad a, movie. It is a two VHS like, movie. What's your take on the frogs coming down in that movie? It's a biblical reference of some kind. Is it? I mean, it's just like I don't remember exactly what I my take would be on it. That but. movie really gets the feeling across of the apop- apocalyptic feeling, where like everything's pretty much normal and nothing's going on, but the emotions that the people are having, it feels like it's all coming down yeah. right now. And that's the frog oh. raining from the sky kind of emotes yeah. that. And that also draws all the stories together that. because then they're all connected by that. Another one of the stories is a young boy who's on a quiz show. <laughs> and it has happened. Definitely. Well, it's that's rain the movie, too, where you really fish. see it, like where you get a getting bruised from the frogs and they're breaking your windshields in your cars and stuff. You don't think about all that going down. I heard a great cassette tape. I don't mean to change the subject, but speaking of visualizing a symbol like this, where you tell a story and through the words that you use, you create a mythology and a sort of image in the listener's mind. And um, Dinosaur Train is a great show. They've got 3D visuals for creating the image, but um, I heard a cassette tape that was basically doing the entire thing that Dinosaur was Train was doing just through the music, in your mind, singing great songs. It was like there was a different song for every dinosaur. And they're kind of thinking about like, how big is that Stegosaurus? And singing along about how his foot would fill up your whole driveway. He wouldn't even be able to park his car because his whole, just stepping out of his car would fill the entire driveway. <laughs> you big know? motherfuckers. Yeah. And so, um, how we can 
and I think this is exalting the dinosaur. Though he's long gone, long, long gone, when we as humans, however many hundreds of thousands of years later, whatever it is, millions of years later, when we think about it and we write a song about it and somehow we know about it, when we think about it, that dinosaur just became a When we think about it and we write... The dinosaur knows. I believe the dinosaur knows about that song somehow. It's not entirely lost unto him. I could be totally insane for humans. However many hundreds of thousands of years later, whatever it is, millions of years later, when we think about it and we write a song about it and somehow we know about it, that dinosaur just became eternal. Yeah. The dinosaur knows. I believe the dinosaur knows about that song somehow. It's not entirely lost unto him. I could be totally insane for having that belief system, but I really do think if that we all connect to him, the infinite. Then it connected to him when he was alive. So the Stegosaurus could, in some sense, maybe get a like pick up on it a bit. Maybe it's not like that. I don't know. It just feels like <laughs> Come that. It's a good Come way to feel about it. <laughs> Chris, I wanted to thank you for bringing us to the apocalypse level in Magnolia. That's what it feels like in that movie. Happy to. And it kind of feels like that now, doesn't it? Don't we feel like it's about to happen Magnolia style? I don't. You don't feel that way? So you didn't get paranoid and like feverish and just like, okay, we're on the edge of destruction of, of United States. I had a couple moments where I was I was getting like kind of nervous, but I, I I never got feverish or anything like that. No. Was your libertarian self like, fuck yeah. I'm ready. (laughs) No. No, I'm not interested in like everything getting crushed down um you have a faith in culture in america and we're it's safe to invest in not not necessarily america but like i think i have a big picture view of history and like there's dips and horrible things that happen on local levels and in small time frames but i think on any large time frame how large? measured across la- large amounts of people how things large are is steadily large getting on better any large time frame i don't believe it do you think um, we got a hundred years that's e- a large time that's frame. very small. easy yeah well <laughs> okay by large time that's frame i life. mean i mean i mean a large time frame in the context of humanity not in a geological or astronomical time time frame so on on the time frame of like you know taking Give me a number 10,000 years. This is a very small number. You know, the Many hu- millions human of years civilization. Between us and the dinosaurs. Ish. Yeah. You're so not I, even getting into the numbers where the planets start blipping in and out. Well, that, that's, why I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not making any claims of about, about those kind of time scales. Okay. So, but on the scale of centuries number, or millennia, uh, I feel... Not, I won't say millennia. That's too, that's too big to, to make a prediction. On the scale of decades and centuries, I, I feel optimistic about humanity. I feel yeah. that we will all be dead soon. Uh-oh. I'm looking a little bit bigger. I'm certain. Of, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm but, certain of my truth. But so then, by soon, you're talking about you know hundreds of thousands or millions of years. Yes. Well, I don't have any particular belief about where we're going to be in millions of years. So maybe you're right. <laughs> what about our own life? How long will we live? And would we change our action if it was this year or next year? Or I 60 will live years to be. And would we give now to help? Or would we rather give tenfold after we were dead? It's just very interesting to me what satisfies this deceit. You, you, Chris has faith in humanity. You have faith in the future. I do. In life on this planet Earth. I do. 
however it unfolds. Do you have faith in Americans? Not in any... I don't patriotism. I don't... You're talking to an anarchist, right? (laughs) I I would say I'm less strongly anarchistic than I used to be, but I have a lot of sympathy for anarchism. I would agree with that. Um, You know, I'm very sympathetic to it. I don't feel like a button-pushing anarchist that would want to wipe out all like governing authority. It seems like a like a <laughs> radical move that I'd be nervous about. That but would be I just I would love to see it attempted on small scales and you know experimented with. Um, uh, I think it could go quite well, sir. I don't have any less uh, confidence in America than Speaking Americans numbers, than I do with other people. The I mean, question I, is how many oh, people can so govern beautiful. themselves. Yeah, thank you. What size number of people can govern themselves to anarchy? Two. <laughs> two barely, is difficult. Barely two. Five is easier, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. Seven hundred thousand. Yeah. How many do we have in America? Three hundred. Well, two definitely, because the alternative to a two-person anarchy is a one-person despotism over the other person. Oh wait, what despotism? despotism? Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> I'm with you there. Well, if you have two people and it's not an anarchistic situation, then that means that one person is ruling the other person. Yeah, raping the other person. <laughs> not necessarily raping, but like, it doesn't have to be despotic, but it, you know. In a moment. If you were trapped on a desert moment, island with one other person, on, unless it was like a competent adult and a child, like you would probably have like an egalitarian or, or arrangement in terms of who has authority over what. Like, Is oh, there ingrained man. authority between mother and child? You need space for that. Yeah, you need you need space for that. You can't like if you're within wait, wait. Yeah, twenty is. feet. He just is. hit on something very interesting. Authority. Where does it come from? Depends on what mm. you mean. I think mm. in the philosophical mm. sense that like the word is used, mm. I don't think it mm. exists. Mm. I think it's a it's a myth. I agree. Uh, authority is not there is no real. authority. Well, th- there's it's like a construct. There's a specific sense that it's used in like political philosophy where it's a cultural thing. where it's authority is like the property. Political authority is like the property that. You know, some hypothesized property that makes it, uh, you know, wrongful for people to disobey your orders just because you gave them. The or, real authority is who's in charge and who has the power. Yeah. Now, in that sense, I don't think it's con- I don't think it's fake. I think I think some people do have authority in that sense, but not in a moral sense where, like, it is you people become obligated to obey someone just because they gave a because command. they kind of have a position that yeah. defined as above you. They're the authority figure in this place, whether you're there, your boss, or if it's the family, for some reason we have that architecture right there in the family. Whether it's the father or the mother, we're a bit confused these days who's in charge. Sure. It's to keep people safe. What do you mean? Authority is to keep people safe? Assuming it is a benevolent dictatorship and not a greedy one. And you just meant like parental authority over small children. What kind of other authority, too? If you're doing it from, like, a, a, a wholesome stance, it's going to be good for the... If you're going to have true authority, you'll be doing what will give everybody the best outcome because your authority then will be based in, like, a strength that comes from the bottom up. Yeah, there's different kinds of there's different kinds of authority, and I'm not, like, against all authority. Um, I'm, I have a lot of skepticism about political authority. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because... People are dirtbags. People are dirtbags. The deceit is so full throttle that Donald Trump is in the lead and more people believe in him and yet the vote is still a lie and people will still go flooding the voting booths and they'll still make it an issue like it's like the big hot button is issue is that it's difficult This is to the vote. first time I've Voter ever heard... Voter accessibility is the hot-button issue right bro, now. Homie, homie, uh, oh my God, they're trying to make it more difficult for people to vote. That's the hot-button issue I was listening to on the radio today. 
a lot of hot button issues. There's so many buttons. People are activating the buttons. They're just installing new buttons. God is in the button now. God is in the button even now. Even easier button, than a pill. Button, you don't even have now. to swallow God it. God is in the button now. Don't press. Don't press me, man. Don't press me. Not too hard, anyway. You might crack. Oh, wait. People seem to like that. That's like one of the hottest sellers. That crack stuff. <laughs> Except apparently you can't even really get it anymore. Get what? The real white rock. Oh. From the cocaina plant. Smoking the glass dick? No, nah, they figured out how to synthesize something that was better and longer and harder and cheaper and faster and everybody would get... <sighs> that meth is horrible stuff, man. I've never really had the real plant matter that'll give you more than caffeine does. Dude, I want to hear some about some of your L.A. adventures. You really want to hear stories? I, I want to hear, like... Where does the story start? I, I want to hear about you <laughs> I don't know. We, making... we got to turn the recording off. <laughs> I, would, okay, I want to hear just instances, like you making music in the Ferrari parking lot. Okay. Well, Taya had come and rescued me. This is one of the points when Taya and Bay were there, and we were at a gas station. Taya was filling up the Land Cruiser, and I was in the Leaf, kind of just tagging along. And I had pulled up, I think... I might have parked in the handicapped spot, but I was definitely just right in front of the store. I really wasn't using the loudspeakers on the art car that much, but in this case, I felt it was the right time to do it full throttle, partially because this nice young man came over and he was interested in the rave scene. He was talking about his deems. Deem me up. And uh, this was the whole point of the trip, you see. I was seeking toad venom. Um... And, a noble pursuit. Uh, I don't know if it was noble or not, but it was the point when the trip went wrong was when I left my pursuit. I decided it wasn't important anymore, and I turned to go home back to my wife, and that was when everything crashed down and went wrong. I should have continued on and gotten the toads, I believe. But it's that aside... That you turned around is that you got weak. It's no, it wasn't a weakness. Turning around, it's like Maybe it was a weakness. It was an acceptance. It was, it was that I lost the will and the drive that was initially the force that started the whole thing. Yeah, I decided the, the trip was no longer important when I was already halfway through it. Uh, well, it probably, yeah. I was sense. like, I had already been, you know, to the eastern borders of L.A. And I was like, eh, I'm tired. You're right. I was tired. I'm going to turn around and go home instead of completing the mission. Or I decided it wasn't important for whatever Make reason. it all the way to Magnolia Street? No, we're getting sidetracked because I was on a point about this story. That was um, blasting, tunes. blasting the tunes in this in this uh, gas station, and it was so nice, man. And it was nice for me because what happened was I had this tiny little phone that had a really nice like a uh, drum kind of pad app. You could make like little hip hop beats and stuff. It's like a sample pack. You could flip from side A to side B, and each one gives you like a little grid of nine samples. But it's perfectly laid out, so you got your kick. Hi-hat, snare. Okay, that's three of them. Then you're going to have a couple of ones that do the bass, and then you're going to have the mids, and then over that you're going to be freestyling any second, and all you got to do is click a couple buttons. Great app. i got to get that app again. I like anyway, that. It's blasting through your And I was like this tiny little tiny little phone that barely fits in my palm, right? Did you ever see that tiny phone that no, I had? I, didn't. I like that. Man, i got to get another one of those. Anyway, I handed the phone to this young cat who walked up to my weird, crazy-looking art car, and he started blasting on it. And I had it at full volume, and I just kind of walked away and let him jam. Oh, and that was the this... fucking best, dude. He was good. He was he jamming good? it out. Was he good? He was totally good, and he was rocking the whole parking lot. And all the people who were working, the employees in the store, they were looking through the glass just like, 
what the fuck? But they could tell it was okay because it, it, it sounded good. Because we were going to be bouncing before the cops were going to get there anyway. Wait, what? someone had called the cops already? It doesn't matter. We'd be gone. I don't know the answer to that question, you see? Uh-huh. I like that moment, dude. I like that moment. The weird thing about America is that everybody's so concerned about what's legal or not legal, but what they don't realize is that everything is legal unless there's a cop there. Or an IRS agent. Huh. Timing. It's all about timing. They, timing and unless distance. they're coming to flex and arrest you, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I have full experience of this. We could talk a lot about what that looks like. You get to that point where they're going to arrest you. Maybe you've been doing something wrong for too long, and that authority that's really like reigning, dominant, supreme for years is going to come and put you in prison or whatever. So you got to be careful about what you do. Don't get me wrong. But the other part of the law is this. Whether they've got their Google cameras or not, they ain't allowed to use them in court. Is that real? Yeah. What Google cameras? I don't know. But if the government knows everything, if they're recording all this other stuff, they can't use any of that evidence in court unless it's like a cop seeing you and he arrests you. That's the only way you're ever going to get caught doing anything. That or a citizen is going to make a complaint against you, meaning you got sued for something or, you know, someone's... No, there's plenty of folks that are brought in for security cameras. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A security camera, like if you're, you know, stealing from a store, then a private individual is going to be, you know, sending their security tapes to the law enforcement, and they'll take care of shit like that for sure if there's a security camera. But I'm talking about... Um... People, okay, the deception, right? We're getting back to this, like, the deception and privacy within our culture. But the reality is that the uh, people know things. It's very obvious who's doing what and who's not. And I don't understand everything, but the government allows things to go on or they don't. There's more control from above than I ever thought, I dare say. My belief is presently that there's total control. Like, human control is near total. Hmm. Look Mm -hmm. at America. We're all like kings, and yet we're all complete slaves because we is would. Is there something you do? You know that you every. You know that ninety-nine percent of Americans are enslaved because they would stop at the red light in the middle of the night when no one was around. Chris, what do you want to do that you can't do? Because you're enslaved, or at least controlled from the top down. Even if that's not even good, is there just you're a free man? You are a free man. You're. A, that's that's the thing is we're American. Like we're free. We're the kings of the world. We're free. Like no, it is we're like. Not. It's up to us to be free or not. What specifically? We think that we're free, and yet again, we're stopping at the red light in the middle of the night when there's no one there. Yeah, it's, I like it. Or though. we're not. It's I'm not doing that anymore. Peaceful in the middle. You of the haven't night been doing that for light. years. No, no. I go. Di- I dip in and out. Okay. I di- I do it for a while, and then I get in trouble from the great authority in the sky. Yeah. Well, let me let me answer that question. I, I I could I could probably give a specific answer, but when you live in a society that has, like, restrictions on freedoms at all. And I, I don't think that we're, like, in a completely tyrannical system, but I... I do. I do think, I that, do there think are, that now that I've been arrested there, wrongfully three times in a month. Sure. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. The, the, this is a... You're too free. You re, re, too relatively free. speaking. But the point is, whatever the, whatever the governing man. rules doing, are... No, I'm say there's a bunch of... activism work. It is what it is. Say there's, there's a bunch of unjust stuff going on, a bunch of unjust laws. This is compound with... I'm now divorcing my wife... Losing my family. Uh, I don't mean to jump into all my troubles, but you want to hear about my story down to L.A. This is what the result of it was. So I, I do, I do want to hear about that. 
I mean, we just want to answer this question. Yeah, because this is a long story. If you I, have, I, I, I want to know where he's. If you live in a society with with rules that are restricting your freedom, yes, over a long period of time, to a large extent, you're going to adjust your lifestyle to where you're not running into those restrictions very often. And so, yes, so yes. your the I kinds of things that you want yes. to do are you going to trained. increasingly be. One second, are going to increasingly be the kinds of things that you are allowed to do. Yes. So there, I'm sure there are a million. Th- I, like I know there are things that I'm not allowed to do. I haven't generally structured my life around trying to do those things. A simple example is, you know, I'd like to, you know, ha- keep all of my money or something like that from from a paycheck. There's something, you know, I could spend whatever thirty percent more of my income or something like that. Yeah, that's an obvious example in 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 what any would society. You get? What would you get? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, save some of it. That's some of it. Whatever. Um, I might more waste a lot of charity. it. Um, <laughs> more to charity. Wait. I would, I would probably give some. What do you some ball out on? What do you ball out on? Uh, what do I ball out on? What's per- your most expensive indulgence? My most expensive indulgence. Vegan leather. In general, and right now it's with COVID, it's it's much reduced. But I would say it is in general sushi. A willingness to eat out probably as much as I want. Yeah, yeah, and occasionally endless, getting endless mas- amounts of served good food from mm-hmm. and chef. massages. So good, mm. so good. I, I I I go through ups and downs about being pretty indulgent with getting massages. Yeah, paid massage. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But I try I try to cut I try to cut that out, man. You 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 fucking you, you blow through a lot of money on eating out and pampering stuff like that. Also, oh, another one in general, grooming and pampering stuff. I love getting manicures, my eyebrows yeah. waxed. My ears plucked, mm, dude, pedicures. I do that, I do that shit all the time, and it's. I would be so embarrassed. That would be a really hard thing for me to do. <laughs> yeah, dude, it would feel really so good, intense. but it'd be so like only the first time. Once they like, kind you of don't get embarrassed. Really hard to not cry. You don't get embarrassed very you, easily. No, that would be. So that, and one of the times wow, I remember you seeming you really actively threshold. embarrassed was after someone had talked to you into getting your eyebrows waxed, and I saw you, and you just oh, looked so like bashful God. and downcast about this it. This is reminding me about when I got a haircut in India. And it was like on my birthday and Baba brought this haircut and I knew I was supposed to get a haircut. It was all there. And it was just the worst like penis head haircut I have ever gotten from this Indian dude. I don't know what he was doing. Or he where gave you just like a straight bowl. And I like, I just knew that it was the worst haircut and it was exactly the gift that I was supposed to have to give me that feeling that Chris <laughs> was talking about. And I went to Bauji, who was my spirit master at that time. And he just looked at me. He was like, good haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go with Chris to like get a, get a manicure like a, or petty? Mani petty? Yes. Petty? <laughs> I would go right wow. now for mani petty. I, I can't afford a mani petty. It's an expensive indulgence, you know? Yeah. I just do it when I feel like it. I love it. Sounds it sounds nice. I it's thought about nice. it the other I like the process like, more than the outcome, would frankly. I do that. Do you like the process Especially of it? Pedicure That's process. why I do it more than anything. What do you feel during it? I don't know. I, I always liken it to some evolutionary instinct to want to be groomed, like yeah, like your hands apes, like your picking toes. picking bugs out of your fur or something like that. Anyone doing stuff like that to me, like you know, a girlfriend, like you know, brushing my hair, like yeah. braiding my hair for fun or whatever. To just, me, just this that is feeling. An yeah. I, I love that feeling. I don't know what it is. So some of it's just a sensory thing. It's oh, also a social so thing. So good when they play with your hair. Yeah, that's a. I, I enjoy getting a haircut. You know. Yeah. Well, this is an intimate, very real sense of care, you know, because when you start to nourish the other people around you, 
It's because you see that they're going to be there for a long time. That's a signaling thing. And you want to take care of them just like you want to take care of yourself. You're signaling your willingness and ability to care. Yeah. Uh It's caring. I don't think all signaling is bad. You're receiving that care. It's like, wow, this person really must care about me because otherwise they wouldn't be taking time to sit here and eat the bug. I think a lot of medical attention is that way. What's weird, though, is it's always kind of two-sided in the monkey and animal world because a lot of times the grooming is like they're getting a little calories. It's it's sort of like the regen of culture. (laughs) Even if they're just eating your duff or your dander, that's prime calories that's already hyper-tuned to that (laughs) organism's body. It's like a plant. They're also getting an ally. Yeah, the plant's best fertilizer is its own duff falling on the ground. Hmm. It's yeah. its dead self. Cannibalism. It's got all its stuff that it wants already plant's right cannibalism. there. It's the regen of life. Dude, I would like a, a like a mind flow, like a mind map for you to dwell on <laughs> what freedoms would be that you don't know that you're kind of excluding yes, yourself right. in these it's hard manicure self care realms kind of just in all of it but just how it's, it's far can that know go where we're not free we don't yeah, it's even hard know if to we're know. free yeah. or not anymore because yeah. it's been enough generations where the dope the duping i forget about it like if i come back from the it's painful woods, to realize Kyle. beautiful i'll be charged very, up in a way that i'm like oh I, I don't exist in this it's not like the state but it is much more like earth real mm-hmm. when you come back at night you're like bringing it in you depends on what you care about and what your freedom is and what you want and what our focus is it's very easy to train someone when you make them you know you give them everything they want and if you're lucky enough to have a set of preferences that doesn't fall outside of restrictions then you are essentially free um oh yeah for most people there should be a movement going on again reminding everybody that they are free like that used to be such an American thing that everybody joined and kind of held hands on is like, such I'm an American mantra. and I'm free and we're all sharing this freedom. And that was what kind of unified us. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Zen thing or maybe it's a beatnik thing where if you kind of say the same word over and over and over again, it loses all meaning because it's just like this trance where you like syllables kind of get lost. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like that with freedom in America. I read that in the Beatnik handbook. You, you yes. stare at the word. Yeah. And then and the word. Like kind of say it over and over again and just look at it and focus on that word and nothing but it. And it just becomes this weird gibberish where you don't remember what it means mm. anymore. I've experienced it. Have you experienced it? Have you had the experience of this? Say it again. You got to look at a certain word, any word. It works with any word. Maybe not just like a two-letter word, but you know, like a five or seven-letter word or something. Oh, like the repetition, and then it starts to feel meaningless and just like a After sensory, a like a yeah. like an abstract sensory experience. Yeah, I have had that experience sometimes with words. I've had it with visual things too. You I, had I, it with I visual things distinctly. I can recall several yeah. times looking right? at ears. And at a certain point being like, what am I looking at? What is this thing? And like losing, losing the context of what it is. I like that feeling. It's kind of scary though. It's like you lose yourself. I've never had it in a way that was deep enough to be scary. You lose your grounding because you're like, where am I? You've never been scared, lost in an ear? I have not. I have. I think I've been lost in an ear before. I've been scared, lost in a salvia trip. You definitely (laughs) delivered that to me. 
your, <laughs> your experience with the ear. I was there for your salvia trip. That looked quite painful because I think it was. I was physically rolling around in like sharp leaves. <laughs> yeah, some horrible. Not that bush. sharp, but those like no. But you were in the middle kind of, of a very dense bush, yeah, and just thrashing about wildly. That was must have. Been... Which sounds familiar, like to the feelings I had. Yeah, that was obviously what it felt I wasn't. Like. I was totally dissociated it's from so what was around me. Do you, what do you think was the origin of it? Like you wanted like this something needed to have that experience and to, so the thrashing kind of went with it or do you think it was just this wild chaotic like well i'm thrashing about and so that kind of is dictating the nature of the inner experience uh, yeah it's probably a feedback loop i feedback mean there might have been yeah. there might have been something that, kinda, yeah, i wouldn't be surprised if there was something initially unpleasant that made me feel like thrashing and then the pain added to it because because you want to hear something you want to hear something yeah I smoked. I got some thirty-five, 35 salvia, salvia, salvia on my LA trip. LA trip, and I smoked it a couple of times. LA trip, and LA trip. One of the times it really, without going into any great details, because it would almost be dishonoring the situation, honestly. But I will say that it was very strong, and it rocketed me to a different dimension in a different way than I even knew was possible. Because I've been on salvia many times. This was a whole fucking new realm of it. And then I was like kind of scared of it because it was so strong. But after like three or four days, I was like, maybe I'll take some. And I was like, sitting under a tree with some with a herd of cows on the side of the highway. And I smoked pretty much the same amount as I had before, and nothing happened at all. And I was like, well, that was weird. And I like literally like packed another bowl and smoked more of it, and absolutely nothing happened. This was three or four days after the previous trip. Like, there was not, like, a tolerance thing. It was just, like, stronger. I wouldn't say stronger than it's ever been, but it was just, whoa, fucking mind-bendingly. What? How did that just happen? And I will mm, never understand that. Many hundreds of thousands and of years later. Then, is, a couple days later, later when to have twice as much. And we write a song and about it. And literally just didn't do anything. About it. continued to oh, sit peacefully. Were you on anything else at the time? And there was the cows. No, I don't think it was a, if it, no, it wasn't like a cross thing going on. Hmm. Yeah, salvia, I don't know. That's salvia weird. is so strong. I don't know enough about Salvia. It was just amazing to have that experience where you can do something like that, that you know is so powerful and to have it just not take any effect. Yeah. And after it was so strong previously. What do you remember of your very first hallucinogen experience? Very first one? Me- mescaline, right? Listen, you and Kyle tried to make mescaline. I mean, the strong. I remember the strongest, earliest one, but no, the very, very. I think the very first one, one was kind of a bust. I don't think you ended up getting really high. Yeah, there was probably a couple that didn't really work that well. I, I, I seem to recall with you that mescaline for a long time before I had much. Remember of an you cooking some goo, doing some stuff. God, I, think, I did so much work. I didn't know what the hell I was. And doing. I think I think you ended up taking it, and I think it was like there was a couple times you know you felt sick, and there was a couple times when you like you said like the colors were getting a little wavy sure. or something but yeah. then nothing really happened and then you tried again there was a good mushroom trip with kyle and walt all three of us were tripping we started uh, on the beach in davenport over by the um the farm um, where you went to the kyle caves works now no not in the caves but we came back pretty quickly as the as the trip was coming on back to the house that we were staying at in davenport mm-hmm. the two-story yeah and we listened to the album that we had recorded recently uh, Lion Sun, and it, you know, super hardcore psychedelic rock, but I had never done psychedelics before. And now I was on psychedelics and listening to the psychedelic music which I had made, and it was very satisfying. 
I'm glad that worked out. That was pretty much the first trip. I remember the first time I did THC, Kyle brought me some hash. That was probably one of the strongest experiences that I've had. But um, bubble water. the first one, man, I mean, I remember my first couple whippets being real strong. I think it was salvia, Chris. I remember my first salvia trip and Eric Peabody coming in afterwards because I didn't know how to smoke very well and I probably <laughs> filled the whole room with smoke. It's extra potent and stinky, that weird salvia smoke. Yeah. And Eric comes over and says, what's going on over here? Is everybody okay? I smell smoke, you know? <laughs> I fortunately, salvia is so fast that by the time he came over, it was probably already done with. Will I have any influence on your drug taking? Of course. Oh, no. You were way advanced, that's what I mean. You were far ahead of me. You had already been experimenting with all those things long before I ever did. But not that I wanted to do it because you did, but I thought you were cool. And I, you were. it was interesting to see who you were and that you were this creative spirit that seemed somehow to stand apart from many others in this fearless sort of way. And though there was sort of a, dare I say, damaged sense maybe about it because there was this like darkness or a drug thing that was going on, which maybe that's all cultural, I don't know, but... Yeah, I was a bit drawn to the whole scene because you had already stepped into it and I had never been. I'm sorry. Why? Now you've stepped out and you're looking at me maybe with judgment like I'm in a bad place. It's not necessarily personal to you. It's not that, I never want to like influence somebody to do drugs. Uh, you influence everybody every day by being yourself. The question is, do you have shame about who you are or are you just totally stoked on it yeah well i'm shaming i'm scared <laughs> so shame and scared what are you yeah. scared of not totally stoked dude i'm scared of life scared, scared of, of life what scared are you the of... cops what's scary in america what hurts so bad i uh, just scared of being scared of people scared of letting people down people scared down, of like responding responding scared of like scared of like scared of scared of this just all sounds. Just all I don't sounds mean to. I don't mean. To, I, I understand, I, but it all sounds so unnecessary. unnecessary. It all sounds so, it all sounds honest. so honest. It's so unnecessary and yet so, so unnecessary. It's completely whack and stupid. Those things to be afraid of. It's like that's none of those things are going to hurt you, and they're not really hurting anybody else. The the whole point about anarchy is that everybody should take care of themselves, and as soon as you realize that, then there doesn't need to be a big brother who's taking care of anything. Last time I was talking with you was like communicating and what you can learn from the void and trying to take apart Gregorian time and participate in time as something that's just made up by the universe. Mm. And I was like, hey, well, what's stopping me from doing this? And it was, uh, I found out it was my ego. Mm. I was just like, and I didn't think I was an ego-based person, but it was because I'm scared. We all have ego. How does that... How does the fear clue you in that that it was ego? Ego uses fear to to lock itself in place, or what is that? Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't think I was an ego person, but I'm totally ego person because For I'm sure we all are afraid and be, uh, really. shy. Afraid yes. and shy. It's like, what is that working hmm. through? It's working through the ego. Well, it's the deception that is the ego. We're pretty much all the deception, like Chris pointed out so aptly. So I'd never heard it put quite like that, but <laughs> it is like that. And that is the ego. That's the best definition of the ego I've ever heard is the lie that we're telling to ourselves. The lie that oh, we're telling no. to ourselves, which the is keeping is us from being present with our ourselves. honest self. It's the part of ourselves that's keeping Chris, us from you just being that? raw and honest. The, the, I'm, I'm, I'm turning it over in my head. The lie that you're telling to yourself is you. No, no, that's the ego. Okay, well, so the ego is not you. No, 
Oh, what are you? You are not the ego. You are not the ego. No. I thought the ego was you. No. There's a, there's a, <laughs> you're the soul. Somewhat, somewhat you're related the, to this. You are the soul. Maybe you're the super ego, God, that's like the only real ego in existence. There is one real Hi. ego. And all the small individualized egos are just rather fake and separate. What do you mean? Make the snare drum resonate or? Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. What I would say is, you are not you are not the king of your brain. You're the creepy guy standing behind him saying, a most judicious choice, sire. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> I would totally say the creepy, the creepy guy, guy, in my head. guy. I'm trying to get him out. You're I'm the, you're, you're the press yeah, the secretary, guy, not the president. No, this is this is prime literature. The creepy guy is the ego. That is the ego, but it's very hard to kick him out of the court all the way. But you can just kind of eventually get him to stand behind the curtain and not say much and just be the king all day. I feel like <laughs> such a punk that it just, that it's there. It feels so fake, too, and I just feel like kind of used. That's, that's like the lying part. I didn't come up with that metaphor, but, but it's Kyle. like you, you can think of yourself as like, you know, your conscious self, the part that you think think of and like that's making the decisions as being the real you but mm. so much of the decision making that's going on in your brain it's goes on behind you. the scenes well, and the conscious part a lot of your is not is less like the president making policy and more the press secretary who's just obligated to make it look good to yourself and to other people <laughs> <laughs> all right come on brain make this look good make you want this to you want this to be okay yeah. you jumped that analogy very nicely so <laughs> I didn't make it up, but oh, trying to look good to yourself and to other people. You know, you've made a decision. So, how do you how do you sell it to yourself? Because if you want to sell it to other people, you better believe it yourself. Mm. If you want to be successful, yeah, this is what I've been doing. I've been wearing tennis shoes, <laughs> like uh, white tennis <coughs> shoes, and I have been trying to keep cleaner pants. And I shave, and I shave more now. Because you want to look cleaner. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like okay, what, what am I doing? Dirty hobo so, look that sometimes happens. Yeah, totally. I've been trying to go, like, I've been trying to be more yuppie. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is where yuppies come from. They're all just trying not to look like hobos. They're all trying to be like, yeah, hey, I'm okay. Don't worry. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> and it's just like, I got tired of everybody being like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to, like, what's going on here? They're always looking at you with a bit of apprehension. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, no, I want to belong. Yeah, it's exhausting. Not belong. It's yeah. much easier to just belong. But this is the. I, I want to circle back to something Kyle was saying earlier, which is that you just seem to, for some reason, you can't get rid of that annoying dude that's no, always like looking no. over your shoulder. Yeah. And it would be nice if you just felt at ease because there wasn't that self consciousness there, right? Yeah. Well, here's you my. Um, I'm going to lay out a theory. Yo, yo. Again, yeah. we're all living... my parents impressing me with no, something? No, no, it's not that simple. There's some hot shit coming up. You ready? All right. I'd be better if it was a hot chick. Mm, I haven't quite made that change yet. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but you are distracting me about boobs now. Um, <laughs> like these tassels from your panda hat? You I like these tassels? tassels a lot. I got my, sometimes I tuck them in when I really want to keep warm. Then I have them. See, oh. I can tuck them in. Then it's really like a boob inside my shirt. Oh yeah, you got your tassel. I got my own. You got your own. Yeah, own supply. Yes. <sighs> okay, you were good at more. distracting me. Can you loop me back? 
a loopy back ticket. Hands up all no. the way. We'll you you hadn't the said what the subject was. You said you were going to circle back to something Kyle said. About I was started talking, but then Kyle was about like the creep, jabbing in. About, about you, you said you can't get rid of the creepy guy. Thank you. Were you. Here's what it is. From this creepy I'm going to lay down a theory, which is that most Americans are not living in a very natural way because we're enslaved in this very strange thing that we almost <laughs> yeah. can't see. Most Americans need to get up on top of the mountain. We're not free. We are surrounded uh, by bongos and batteries. I cannot say it enough. We are not as free as we like to pretend that we are. And therefore, we're going to be self-conscious. Because we're not being natural. As long as you're not living in your own true natural I would self, love to be natural. It's almost impossible to be your true natural, natural self here. Because be I can so guarantee empowered. you, you will get you arrested. Have the strength of fucking waterfalls. You will get arrested if you start experimenting with your true birds. natural self. At I, least that is what happened to me. It depends on who your true natural self is. I guess it does, but. I'm going to say that for most of us, you it does not involve stopping for no reason in the middle of the night. You were living without any restrictions. No, I have oh, many so of my own restrictions. I just don't follow the restrictions uh, of the world. You got arrested all the time when you're in your car? No. That's what cued it in? No. Everyone was different. It's, these are long stories to be unfolded okay. in court. I mean, I can tell you. <laughs> I can get started again. We, no, no I, was just, I was trying to find out what it was that you became so free that the, you went beyond the limit. You're going to bring a secret see it recording happen. device into court and turn it into a podcast. That was <laughs> yes, that <would> <laughs> dude. I, I mean, the court's a public place. Kyle can be there with his recording device if he wants. Oh, yeah, man. Ventura, road trip. Okay. Uh, I was going to invite you to the Ventura one because, okay, Chris, do you, I'm not sidetracking. Chris, do you remember the Melian trip when we all like went to go find Melian again? Oh, I no. You don't remember that? We went to go find her? We went to Oklahoma and to see if we could like locate oh, her there. On in the Altus. Texas trip, we, the Texas we trip. detoured? We detoured. It wasn't like just for that. Yeah, we were yeah. on the Texas trip, Did you but we to went significantly out of our way to like go hunt down Melian so you guys could all meet her and see firsthand this, this weird wow. town. Sounding wow. so only okay. vaguely familiar. I'm going to tell a little bit. I'm not going to tell everything. Probably because other be, things on that trip overshadowed that. This is the thing. I'm going to invite you, Kyle. I don't know if you can come. If you want to come to the court case in Ventura, another thing that I need to do is to hunt down this big, fat, black, African crack woman who I picked up in my Nissan Leaf and was driving her around for, like, the better part of 24 hours. And she stole a four-track recording device, which I had recorded, like, three or four prime EPs during oh, the course of this an trip. Album and they're just gone, dude. Three or four prime EPs? Three or four missing EPs that will never be published. How many tracks on these EPs? Like, six or eight songs each. Some of them were just three or four. These are the full deal. I was busting out EPs like almost every night on this trip. And wow. then and then this thing disappeared. And I don't know if this fat black woman has it or if we would ever find her, but I'm gonna say we would have an okay, interesting hold trip up, trying. Hold up, hold up. To find so you her. don't have you just are suspicious because she was your passenger. It was during the arrest, she was raiding my car, and I couldn't do anything about it because the police were arresting me. And so she just, I think she took a bunch of the nicer things. Maybe it's gone and pawned for drugs by now, but it would be an interesting thing to see what Let's would unfold. check the pawn shops. 
Yeah, we could go to the areas where she's local <laughs> or the areas where it all went down. I think that you retracing these steps some, would be interesting. You were spitting some uh, some sick I got clothes. I got hot spitting, game, dude. <laughs> you, were, you were on a level Not only linguistically dude, painful, and sonically, man. and it was just like... I'm trying I, to I remember like where it. it happened, but somewhere along my little... You know how th- you know how you hear something and it gets lodged in your brain and you don't want it to be true, but because you heard it, it became true for you. Hey Kyle, I think you're like pretty indulgent in sugar. <laughs> Somewhere Fuck along you, the line. Crystal! Somewhere... Well, let, let me just throw out here before before we get in too deep. Mm, it's mm. it's nine forty. I got about till ten thirty when I when Ooh, I got to leave. Yeah. I just wanted to. We to, should keep it. Party. 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 Okay. Go on. Party. Go on. Well. Uh, what to say? Something. You were on the linguistic flow. You had things. No, I had something to say, but then I got a bit distracted. All right, I want to know how to free myself because you're saying that I'm not as free as I as I, I don't, could be. I don't recommend it. <laughs> oh yeah, because if it happens, you will be arrested. Yes. Yeah. I'm leaving yeah. the country. This is not a free country. It is a totalitarian country. Do I remember being in a small town, Southern California, and a gentleman? rides up on a horse the small town was in the plains the aesthetic of the restaurants was cowboys they revered the cowboy there's photos of them up for sure a real cowboy comes into town with the horse with the horse and we're in the donut shop and then he's like talking to the young man whose dad rode him to school on horseback when he was a kid dude and then he had to leave the donut shop because the cops were giving his horse a ticket. Oh. He had his horse just tied up his at a bike po- rack. Pooping at the wrong. No, no, it wasn't pooping. The guy was. He fucking did it all over the place. There was no thing. It just. They were you just could not be a horse cowboy anymore. Yeah. That's when it was probably the end of freedom in my mind. If I trace it back. Where, to where are you going to go, and where is there to go that is significantly a better alternative? <sighs> Do we have to get into it? I, I can tell you, but then I'm going to really start sounding crazy. Or I'll be dropping all my hot shit on Kyle's podcast. Well, well I know, you I know, you're, I know you want to do your your. I'm going to the ocean, thing. man. International okay. waters is the only place where anarchy really exists. Okay. okay. And. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think you're wrong, and that's why that's what the seasteading is. Well, what my experience all about. has been is this: there's an illusion of ownership in America, but you don't really own anything because the government can come and take it from you at any time. The only way you can keep your stuff is if you can defend yourself from pirates. And in America, you don't have pirates to deal with. You have the military. You're not going to win against the military, so you might as well go to deal with where your only enemy is a pirate. Yeah, there's there's something to that, and it just depends on, I guess, maybe on what what the trade-off is, because you can go to places where I, I think of governance structures as like parasites. The bigger the host is, the bigger the parasite can get. You can't have a gigantic parasite on a flea. You can have a gigantic parasite on an elephant. We're all parasites on one big host of government. So the or, no no the the, the host the, way the organism is the is the you know the free parts of society the the functional the cooperative competitive free parts of Pe- society the people not well some of the people some of their actions at this point the recording had cut out i don't know if this was my negligence as a podcaster or if it was sean's request for secrecy i kind of think it was his secrecy request he had this idea to collect garbage and bring it out to the ocean and make a barge thereby having an island his own sovereign nation 
I'm going to take this moment, this break in the recording to narrate a bit of the scene, just to remind us all that we're on top of an RV that's on top of the mountain, that's on top of all the redwoods reaching out into the ocean that is emaciating or immense, that is bringing forth the fog that's particulating up around the stars and the redwoods that we're at level with because the RV is fucking huge and we're up top and Sean has got me on a lazy boy recliner that his snare drum was on that he had removed and is playing some through the set and there is a glass coffee table on top of here too and then there's like whippet containers and tools on top of the glass table and sean is sitting on i don't know i i don't remember anymore but it would have been something not a chair and i think chris was on something that was not a chair but they all took up enough space that there's only a couple inches between the chair ground and the ground of the rv what i'm saying is there's a couple inches from where you're sitting to the plummet down below and below is piles of bark because we're in kind of a a mill yard like a lumber yard it's the best place on the mountain the most scenic area where sean in his rampage of his rv he's going to explain soon that he was getting kicked out of his property and what he doesn't explain is that in his uh leaving the property he rampage drived this thing like into trees it was in a tight area and as opposed to waiting for like the appropriate turn radiuses he's in a mode of just go go and just floored it through the trees and so now the rv is gouged from the side like metal openings like a curtain rod just splaying out and what he's not saying too is that all of he's there and he's not really supposed to be there like there's a starter problem with the rv but as opposed to fixing the rv he's just been running wires from the rv engine to his solar panels that so he can power his dj apparatuses and be playing music and running his delay lines and probably the most menacing thing that a person can do in this situation of being evicted is make art and he has covered the whole scene with sculptures and i come up and it's they're beautiful like he's got a real real knack for creating form out of objects and he has been collecting objects now in his whole winter mute madness i i call it that he didn't call it that he called it great plants he was collecting objects for all of these culminated projects that weren't happening so he has dozens of craigslist scores and gutter finds in the back of the alley apparatuses like big long tubes for phosphorescence i don't know i mean i could try to describe the parts but it just picture an array of everything that you could think of that you would want to make something wild and crazy with and now he's got them just splayed out everywhere and then the tools to work on them only they're not just piles they're also arranged into sculptural um cascades and like fountains of things happening and then he's got the tenacity to bring it all the way up to the roof of his rv so we're at level with a lot of the trees and there's not much space between everything and it all moves as you're talking and we're about to get back into discussing anarchy what could it go on i'm in the analogy is or the organism is like the free parts of society the the parasite is the governance structure siphoning off resources and and forcing people to do things their way so in a big in a big well you know 
reasonably well-run wealthy society the government can get bigger and bigger and bigger than it can in like a small village society or a much poorer society so even though in a you know in a society like a european society or canada or america like in, in a lot of ways the governance structure is going to be a lot more sprawling you're you're also the benefit you also get is a society that's much more sprawling with many more options so if you go off to the ocean you're going to lose the governance structure but you also lose the opportunities that you have well, to socialize with people and to interact with other people, and that's yeah, the trade-off you're making. And it really. might be the trade-off that you're willing to make. It's a temporary trade-off, because I'll be dipping into every culture around the world, and rather than being ruled by any one of them... So I guess the trade-off is like... I don't have like, any real ownership there. The, the trade-off is the roots, everything there, really. the ability to put, put in stable roots. My ownership which, will be in international waters, and I can step into any country that I want and become that... I don't know if I get I still don't really understand your thing, but I would be then the parasite of the whole world instead of just one government because... It, You're the organism, <laughs> not the parasite. If I'm trying to somehow... In my like, analogy. Sap the resources from this entity that I'm interacting with and get bigger and stronger because of it and slightly weaken it without it realizing it, then I'm the parasite. That's what I see myself doing as a trader, going around and like buying up big quantities at you know at a good price over here, and then keeping that well while I cultivate a trip across the country where it's very rare and selling it at a much better price. I see myself as a leech in that instance. Oh, interesting. I don't, because I mean, if you're buying something, then the person who you're buying it from is getting something from you. It's not being a it's, parasite. It's two mutual exchanges, but it's like, if you look at it in terms of the planet, it's gotta be it, a depends on, it depends on what you're referencing, you see? It depends on what you're referencing. Yeah, I'm referencing again, the per, I'd be referencing the, the people you, you're in. Who's the host with. and who is the organism? In my analogy, the host is the society, the parasite <laughs> is the government. <laughs> okay, again, tell me in this instance... Neither of you are parasites. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm messing with your. I'm messing with your analogy. <laughs> um, You're a parasite if you. I don't know. You know if you stole the land. I went through some weird. I'm going through weird changes because I've my very core deep self has always been anarchist. Very deeply, like I don't want to ever step in at the core of what is wrong in my mind to do is to step in and stop somebody else from doing what they want to do. If it, ha if it has no bearing on me, you know? Who became an anarchist first between you guys? Chris and Mike were much heavier into it than I was, and I feel like I absorbed osmosis style and learned a lot about it from them. You guys hm. get onto this in, what, like, junior year, sophomore year? I think we kind of got into it at the same time. Yeah. But you guys really continued to study it a lot more deeply throughout college. Yeah, I don't remember what time I, I first, like, started feeling like I was an anarchist, but it was... Probably in college. It would have been... I remember junior... Junior... Definitely junior, wasn't an anarchist then. Because no, I remember junior. the first time I was yeah, exposed junior, to the ideas of, of anarchism, or at least this kind of anarchism, it kind of blew my mind. Mm. And it was... It yeah. was definitely after... It was definitely in college at some point. Probably later in college. Huh. It was probably... It was probably two thousand. I think it was Jerome Vandersteen who got seven. me on the anarchy. Interesting. In junior in junior year. It's funny. He's like a high up military official. Yeah. yeah. This is how it goes down sometimes. <laughs> he knows. He knows. It, but I, I, you know, I, I hit a point where 
I um, and I haven't resolved it yet. I don't know exactly what I want to do because there's there's part of me that wants to go to international waters and live the full anarchist original fantasy, but there's another part of me that's like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And I'm like, well, what kind of things would I start doing where I would control other people? And then I'm like, I should just go work for the CIA <laughs> or some shit like that. I should just, they have all the best power. I want to have a cool life where I get to fly fighter jets and stuff. Maybe I should go join the military like Jerome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <coughs> You'd be a wild-ass CIA agent. Well, okay, here's what it is, Kyle. I was talking about stories from the trip, right? Yeah. I'm sure I'm paranoid, whatever, wada wada. I'm pretty sure I'm not paranoid. I think the CIA was watching me or some kind of a government agency was tracking me a bit because shit was just going down. And and, and there was like a early morning in front of this church. I was recording one of my EPs. Not super loud. I mean, I'm being quiet when I'm recording, you know, listening to the sounds of the night and such. But somebody, I guess, at some point had called on me, maybe. And um, the sheriff or somebody shows up, and we were having a nice chat there in the parking lot. And You're so good at talking to police. I like talking to them. You don't get scared at all. Not anymore. You uh, just are frank. You're like, hello. Hi. Well, now I'm a bit scared because I want to just start running. Because if they get close to you, they can arrest you. <laughs> oh, no. But the weird thing is if you start running, then they'll just run after you for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And then the arrest might be worse. <laughs> it was a bit worse when I was like immediately just like backing away. Wait, it, it, it's anyway. I don't. I don't want to get into the details of how to get arrested or not get arrested. There's a story I'm trying to tell, which is when this officer came up church. and we were chatting, and and and, and uh, you know he was basically just telling me to move along. Probably some kind of a very minor sound complaint situation in that instance, but. I was talking to him quite frankly because here I am with this crazy looking art car and I'm looking like a raver dude and everything like that and I was like you know I really just you know I would like to be on your side and be helping helping out your team particularly with things like methamphetamines like can I just like help you find the meth dealers can I become a secret spy agent and you know like I realized yeah. that I could be that because I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah, I yeah. can go hard undercover. I can handle any drug that meth. somebody wants to give me. I might want to be a meth, bu- meth buster. It would involve probably getting paid a lot of money to go raving all the time. I could get a salary to be an international rave star, and then I'd just have to secretly tell the CIA behind closed doors who was doing what. <laughs> You'd have to sell out a lot of people. I would be totally selling out the whole time. You have to sell out a lot. I would of be like lying. It would be a whole persona. My whole yeah. life would be like a public persona. Anyway, this is some life I was picturing, you know. But you'd be doing it for the greater good. What did they say when you offered your services? He was like, he was like, yeah, you should. This was this was the weird part. Listen yeah. to this. Yeah. You know, well, he was like, he was like, yeah, you should. You know, that's what I do. We need your help. And then he asked me. He was like, well, do you like to rave? And I was like, yeah, I do. And uh-huh. he was, like, trying to make me realize, like, this is going to be your life. You're going to get paid to rave because you're going to be undercover. <laughs> you know, all you're going to be doing is partying all the time. And as long as you tell us the real shit, you're going to get a salary. Did he look like he partied? No, he was a full-on straight cop. But they need people like us who are willing to dance in the shadows and secretly work for the light. Yeah, but they got those big belts, man. They got to, like, shake those belts a no, little they bit. They like to wear those big belts because their wives think they're hot. Yeah, that's what I mean. They like to shake them. Yeah, they shake bit. them, exactly. Yeah, it's like, that's a yeah, bit of like a dance thing. Anybody who's good and in charge and looking like Ecclesiastes on the front of their charge <laughs> also has some snakes in their pocket that they can 
you know. What does Ecclesiastes mean? He's a person <laughs> in the Bible, right? He was like uh, one of those um, paladins. You know what I mean? Like a, a Christian warrior. Just like so ridiculously righteous that he would go slaughter a whole countryside in the name of Jesus Christ to help convert them. That's how good he was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you remember what you were singing about? And then about donate all the gold he got to the Catholic Church. Do you remember what you were singing about in front of the church? Mm, that was, night, I was... Man, it's music, Kyle. It goes deep. It was man, I hope like, we get those recordings back, but they're, they're gone, man. They're not meant EP. to be heard by anybody but me. Ah, c'est la vie. Did you ever get paranoid, Chris? Did you ever, like, lose, lose yes, your mind that way? Yes, hugely. And not so much anymore. Um, but, well, that's why I stopped smoking weed. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but I just remembered, if you don't mind, jumping back. Because this was the weird part. So after he Chris, said this, this, right? Right? this, this, was, this is what he is? said that tripped me out. He was like, well, just go, just do it. Just go to them and you'll lead us to them and then we'll go get them. Like, he was like, just get started. That's what he said to me. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. And I was like, well, you got to pay me first. That's how I responded. <laughs> I like this guy. He took your level and he just gave your level right back. Well, and what was weird is that I was doing it because I knew they were following me. So then I was playing their little game. I would just, I, and it wasn't like a bunch of times, but I was like, I was like, hey, I wonder if it would work. So I just kind of manifested the situation where I found the creepy drug dealer and went and, like, see, uh, you know, kind of, like, hit him up to see what he had. But then it was, like, and then I, like, backed out at the last second. And I was kind of like, no, I wonder if they're watching this all go down. This is what he told me to do. Oh, I just pointed out who the guy was. Now are they going to go in now that I'm you, going down the next how block? How do you do that, go find the sleazy I drug don't know. Dealer? It's just a flow thing. How did I find that big giant crack woman who like lived in my car with me for 24 hours? I don't know how that happened. I could see that happening, but to find the sleazy <laughs> drug dealer is like a <clears throat> it's like it's a the same skill thing. set or something. It's like you come around the corner and you find the Like how do you vibe the... that person out? It's a How circums- often are you wrong? All the time, probably. Like when you're asking them I, you know, I don't know, Kyle. Uh, how do you know when you're right? What's the first question do you ask? These people, the drug people? Yeah, if you're going to find out if Chris oh, is it's the usually like you just got to put yourself in the mindset like you're kind of horny for some crack or meth or something like that, and you're like, how do you hit this person up? You're like, hey man, what you got? Like, ah, oh, what good you think, man? What you? Th- hey man. This is what it is. The key word. This is where we're coming back to the Christ because it's crystal, man. You want to talk to him about crystal? <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. You use some kind <laughs> no, of special word. Oh, it is about special words. It's a special it's words. Special words. Know. Yeah, it's, it's special words. words with like a little bit it's of like Molly. hang ten it's, on it. Uh, de- if you want meth now, what do they call it? Sunshine or daylight? Mm. You got some sunshine. You got some sunshine. I'm looking for sunshine. It makes your life so sunny. <laughs> it was a good trip. I think we should do the uh, reverse culmination of that trip. If you want to go, it's open. You won't get arrested. Only I will. <laughs> yeah, I... Don't get arrested on your way to court, man. Yeah. That's what happened last time. Yeah, right? It just keeps <laughs> compiling. <laughs> They don't. They don't. They don't look on that as a as an acceptable excuse. You know what's funny about this world to me? There are so many things that I could have legitimately been arrested for, 
they never arrest me for those things. They always arrest me for some weird shit, like standing up off the curb at the wrong time. I think it was as you were vibing too high. That's what it I mean. It got to the point where it's they like just God, were cracking no, when I down say on you. It's the, Google, it's the Google eye in the sky, a.k.a. God, or whatever you want to call it, that knows when you're riding too hard or you're pimping too large. And then the funny thing is, is I don't know, this is everybody's experience, and this is how intuition gets difficult. This is the deception that we're living in. You don't just get punished immediately for the thing, and it's very clear what you did wrong. It's a little tricky. It's a bit of a puzzle to it's, figure out what it is that caused the pain. Oh, like at what point? At you what point you did something into the that fountain that consequences led to the, the chain unnecessary of thing. that brought yeah. you to this point? Consequences yeah, like are in real life are often yeah. roundabout and connecting indirect. the dots between the consequences. See, the problem of is, is not you easy. were big pimping, and you need to start medium pimping. Mm. That's the sweet spot. No, I think yeah. I was big pimping, but yeah. I wasn't big pimping perfectly. If you're big pimping perfectly, yeah. then you're just then you free nobody big then you are the king perfectly. And you, then you are Baba. the king and you've closeted the wimp. Maybe you had to be a little bit weaker. No, that it's no no no. Part of no, it no, is no. like to not seem like Check a threat. It out. Okay, if you're Donald Trump and everybody's watching you and everything you do all day is important because you're big P number one, then people are gonna notice your mistakes a lot more. So you don't want to be big P number one until you're pretty primed where you make less than 1% mistakes every day or the mistakes that you make are so small that nobody notices it compared to all the gold that you're doing. You've got a team you of people to cover up You don't want to be big P when you're not ready for it, when you don't have the wisdom and experience to make all the good and right decisions cons consistently. So what were you doing though? Like you're just too high, kind of high vibe. Like you're driving an art car. You're in elaborate. Okay, first costumes. of all, we have. Are to you like out in public no. dancing? Listen to me. Like, are you just? Why am I getting arrested? Are you walking around? Are like, we going back to the moment of the arrest? Are we seeing not, the, not the, moments, the secret subculture where I was pimping too hard? N not the moments, but I want to feel what it is to be that free. And so before you got arrested, That's there were moments and times of senses of self. That's why you, you got to come like, with me out there and you're you can't do up. it without doing it i mean we're yeah. here we're sort yeah. of free right now but we're still sort of contextualized it's um do you feel contextualized we're contextualized by the nature of Sean and Kyle and Chris and what are we all going to do together in our cultural references we're not going to have a dance party real loud right now that's just not what we're going to do it, I did bring my speakers up by with music specifically for that thought. We should play a music for two minutes kind of loud before you guys leave. It's kind of yeah. late, though. Maybe we shouldn't. Hey, aren't you, are you past your seven days? What, uh, being here? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How's that going? I'm not too worried about it. I can get into the detail of all that, but it's a bit complex. Sure. I'm being evicted here, by the way. What? Evicted prior to the, the time your lease is up? Not prior to the lease. It's it's like right on the border, to my understanding, which may be hazy, so I need to research it a bit more. Because if they're just not renew renewing your lease, that's not the same as an eviction, okay, right? Okay, here's the thing. There's a gray area. I like this spot here. This is the best spot, dude. See, so you just pulled up this here, and you're just like... It's amazing how it all went down. It's fucking great, dude. If you're going to have to leave the mountain, it might as well leave while you're That's at the why best I spot. Over here. I That's like, why he was leaving the best spot. I was kind of planning on leaving in terms of my life anyway, but I didn't think we were losing our hold on the land. I was actually preparing to kind of 
like turn it into an income property or get like a sublease going on or something. Cause I will love this land so much. I want to buy it and retire here, but I knew for some reason that I needed to leave temporarily for some reason that hit my intuition. I just didn't think I was being permanently evicted, but I guess that's what was going on. So I kind of prepped myself cause I was already on the direction of getting out of here for a while, which is why I moved the South wind. But then within a few days of that, the eviction landed. So it just became a permanent thing. Were you just getting too wild for the, for the mountain? I honestly don't understand, Kyle, exactly what's going on in my life. The can hold you. The logical story is that uh, aside from my secret big pimping behind, where no nobody seems to be listening, you. but probably everybody is. Um, no law can hold you. Ah, no, it's that uh, Chris, the landlord, came by um, doing his thing. And it happened to be on a day where my parcel over there was looking kind of bad from the outside because it looking was a big bad explosion of everything of my life because from the outside this divorce and this divorce everything needed to get you know looking kind of bad from the outside because it looking kind of bad dissolved dissolved before it assembled again so Chris shows up on this shows up on this and sees contextually contextually he has a history he has a history of having. A weed farmer that a weed farmer that was renting from him for like eight years or so, like eight years or so. And for a number of years with that person, years, everything, everything was fine. Person, everything but then because that person was in Chris's mind, like a druggy person, that person was getting a bit crazier and crazier the last couple of years that he was here. I think he made a lot of messes and was probably very difficult for Chris to deal with. So he's seeing that same thing kind of magnified, amplified, happening even faster with me. I appeared to be responsible in the beginning. Now I'm looking like a crazy meth person all of a sudden because there's a mess. And he very quickly made a very fiery decision and just walked over here and evicted me that day. He saw a mess and he was like, oh, Sean's going bad path. He, whatever's going on with him. Maybe he's divorcing his wife. Whatever played into his mind, I can't tell you. But basically, what the only explanation I've here? had, oh, because of all the trash over there. I had got permission to be here. Oh, you did? I'm kind of past that permission now, but that's another story. And the other story is that this thing's not running right now. Wow. It was weird. I drove it all the way from over there up here, but then it wouldn't start a second time once I got it here. And it's something to do with the starter. It, the motor's running fine, but there's some kind of a starter issue. You did, turn the key, it doesn't Did Taya tell you she was coming up to help you with that? Yeah, she did. Okay. Cool. Everybody, this is fucking weird to me. Everybody talks about everything. You haven't I've, had a phone for so long, so I understand, <laughs> but there's like this whole network of people who care about me, and it's like... I get the same thing from three people because everybody's talked about it about me before it ever got to me, but then they all have to check with me when it does get to me. Well, now you have a phone, so. <laughs> well, I only talk to three people, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's the network. It's not really that complicated. <laughs> have you interacted with your landlord again now that you're here past your time? Has he come over to be like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I let them know that I need a little help has he seen your art gallery of weed farmers <laughs> that you have in the back yeah, of the art it's amazing how you can do the smallest thing and it just makes it look like art but then to a certain mentality that makes them very nervous and uncomfortable that there's suddenly art there <laughs> what well, means like intention it means like oh this guy's <laughs> doing a thing it means that you have time to like that that's but it's so thing. easy though it's so it's, easy it, it to make it offends them yes it offends them that, that you're wasting time by making thing. that art happen yes yeah 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 totally that's the scary thing 
that this, who knew, knows how much time and energy this guy put into making this mess look just like this because it kind of creeps me out when I walk through it and have this experience. <laughs> it is scary. <laughs> it's super eerie. I love it though too. It's like, feels so um, like textual and nice and like well, harmonious. That's what, that, will, that is what was going on endlessly on this parcel by the people who owned it before Chris because this was a wasteland of fucking trash and God knows what else because as mentioned before, the people who own this land kidnapped a bus school a school bus full of children um but the people who were young and growing up in this area and lived in the neighborhood with this parcel said that it was like a like a wonderland up here they would come up here and there's just all these weird things and everything everywhere and it was just like so much to see and like what the heck is this do you feel at all that you've been possessed by the mountain up here that you've been possessed by the air of of, of white know, rock like the same there's thing like that maybe went a through those five percent paranoia that maybe that's going on because I see there's like a pattern there. Yeah, but yeah. not really, because it feels so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it is a good buzz, dude. It's just it's too. A good buzz. I just Possession can't get too good pent shit. up on it. I just can't get too pent up on what I'm doing wrong when I know that it's right because of a visceral reason. Oh no, <laughs> no, you are too free. I was like, what is the line of being too free? I'm trying to get the words for it is that. It's I'm pent up on the visceral of the good shit because I know there's a reason for it. You know, visceral's not the right word. Because when I say visceral, it's also including the enjoyment of suffering. And this is key. If I can go to prison or jail or whatever and get arrested and sit through a cold night or whatever or a sleepless night or a hard or a cold, whatever it is, being ashamed, being controlled, all these things, if I can still... Be a, whether it's openly or secretly inside myself, if I can still be exalting my heaven state, right? I'm still living fully within my own bliss, regardless of the circumstantial raping that I'm receiving from... Could you maintain it? From the bush that's mowing me when I'm on salvia. <laughs> Could you maintain it those nights? Yeah. I'm in that... I'm, re, I'm reaching the state... But it's like... It's hard to describe, Kyle, because it's... it's I'm not saying that there's no suffering. It's that you allow, I am a, attempting to allow more suffering, and I find that the more suffering I accept and invite, it just naturally comes with more bliss and joy. And it's worth it. It's always worth it. And so I get stronger, and I'm like, ow, that hurts, but I know it's worth it, so yeah, stab me harder next time. Did you have any jail friends? Speaking yes. of stab me harder next time? The most recent time they gave me jail friends. The other <laughs> times you were alone? Yes. Because... Uh, Ventura, there was a bit of interactions, a little bit. Most recent time, there was more. There was a few people that I got to interact with. Did you go into tough guy mode, or were you in, like... They were both sweet and interesting people to interact with. No, huh. they were the... They were, like... It was like they were on my side, and the guards were on the other side. Uh, that, yeah. was my, that was my feeling. But it, 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 this is jail. It's not the long-term prison. Prison is when you start to get pent up with the people who are, like, behind bars with you because you're there for a long time and you don't have any... And you have no control over the guards. You're never going to win that fight. So then eventually you get bored and you start fighting with the people that you might be able to actually shank in the shower. Dead air. What is mind? I, I really don't know. If there's a difference between ego and mind and the self, 
we couldn't stray far from those three concepts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It seems so radically different from everything else in the universe. I see why it's tempting to believe in something like a soul or, or take it to a spiritual, supernatural place. Mm. I, I don't think I believe this, but apparently, I think it's called panpsychism, is, is a view. You know what? I think pantheism. No, not pantheism. I think pantheism. Or, or it's a, it's a general like religious or spiritual view that like everything is imbued with with a spirit or or a life force or maybe animism is the word I forget, but it's it's present okay, in a lot yeah, like of Japanese yeah. kind of has that they yeah and I think a lot of like everywhere because like, every little nook within the whole valley is sacred or something like that yes. whether sacred or not like imbued with e some kind like of spirit the stone, or animating the life waters force. everything is alive yeah. yeah I feel this and see this and this experience is, this me too so I I, I don't yeah. but yeah. on an intellectual yeah. level how do some of us experience it and some of us don't oh, Chris doesn't have the receivers for it. Clearly, okay. I don't. And and to the extent I do, I mean, like, it's, which things do you, you? Obviously, life is life, but you don't see um, things like the stone or. I see it easily in the intelligence of objects. You can see that all all objects and all nice. matter has an intelligence because it will perform its according way. So maybe wow, nicely I'll, put. I'll I'll just yeah. skip over that. So I think you're not alone, and that's something that a lot of people like feel or perceive from the world. Whatever receptors you need for that, I probably don't have. But I'm sympathetic to the idea that it's true, and it's a, and it's an increasingly popular view in the scientific world, and it's called panpsychism. And I don't. It's not like that. There's evidence for it, but as like a, as like a theoretical explanation for like what consciousness is, because otherwise it seems like such this mysterious thing that just existed out of nowhere but if you posit that it's it is you know like weight or size or shape or whatever it's just it's an inherent property of everything to to greater and lesser degrees that you know it is i just felt my first drop of reindeer on my nose that, and it could happen in more concentrated forms like heat can be more or less concentrated or whatever like yeah but that you know like a single electron might have some very dim like there might be something that it's like to be an electron it might be a very dim awareness that's almost nothing like what it's like to be a you human believe this you the, feel it what are you saying the atom i, I wouldn't say i believe it but i think it's i think it's interesting atmos. and semi-plausible going to epistemology how is it sir, not possible atmos means atom means soul i, I would just say, don't have any break it all down the atom is at the level of the soul the electron is the ego the proton is the super god state, and the neutron is what was that other one? Mind. I mean, if that wasn't true, what would be different? How would you know? Like, I, I don't, I really don't see. I don't see what. I don't how, know what I'm talking about. I don't see. I, I I don't see how it could be. I'm not aware of any good reason to think that that it's that it is true, other than that it's kind of like an elegant solution for a, for a thorny problem of what is consciousness. Um, it's because is it's it just this thing that springs into existence theory, out of nothing? It's a theory, but there's the holographic nature of... There's, it makes perfect sense to me. The whole thing stacks up. If it was just like, oh, there's a little thing over here that kind of could maybe work, that would be one thing. But when you start thinking of it from that perspective and you continue to kind of go with that 
and it continues to add up and add up and add up. And I'm talking about scientific stuff. You're trying to describe the I look the deeply hologram. into the gluons, and it all adds up for me. So, and maybe I, you know, maybe I'm just making stuff up because I like serendipity too much, but I don't think yeah. so, man. I just think it just, I, I'm it's a something numerologist, that... I'm a Scientologist, <laughs> I got it all going on. I believe in all of it. I could just imagine it, it being the case. I, I don't know if it is, I don't <laughs> feel it on a visceral level, but it's I so like the It's so interesting like how easy it is for me to believe all this weird shit, <laughs> and... And yet it makes so much sense to me that you wouldn't believe any of it. <laughs> I would say that I, like, actively don't believe it. I'm agnostic about a lot of things, and I can, like, entertain an idea without believing it. was it. fun. I feel like most people these days are like that. But I was talking to a fellow the other day, and I was, I was like, oh, so you're agnostic? He's like, no, I, I pretty much don't believe it's real. <laughs> so you're I a what? I believe it's not what, real. What was it? When you believe that it's not real, then you're... No, no, what was the word you used? You said, oh, so you're a... Agnostic. I, I forget how the agnostic. conversation works, oh. but I started with agnostic, which means you're like, I'm not sure, but what's the word for someone who just straight up doesn't think it's true? A non-believer. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about, but yeah, like a, Christi- atheist would be the... An atheist. Yes, yeah. he's an atheist. That's what it was. Thank you. Simple yeah, for word. a long Colin time... bullshit. For a long time, I... Tr- Alan I, Watts. I thought, I thought of myself as an agnostic, and then I realized that... that, that was you believe of, things. That I was kind of deluding myself, and so I'm definitely an atheist. Beliefs. Well, I have plenty of beliefs. Oh, wait, you, I'm sorry, you thought you were an agnostic, but you actually kind of are an atheist? Definitely an atheist. Definitely an atheist. Definitely an atheist. And, I, and whether panpsychism is true or not, I would still be an atheist. I started as an atheist, then I became a believer. I've been in... How do you not feel spirit? Well, whether I did or not, I don't think that would have any bearing on whether I'd be an atheist. Chris Thomas was the one who started me on my atheism. Because I was raised as a Mormon, as from Christian slash Mormon. I, I was raised as that. I didn't know there was any other. I think we're on top of then the RV Chris- here with the guy that got you into drugs and the guy that turned you away from God. Yeah, and the way that he turned me away from God was with his Alone religion. He took That's that Native funny. American religion and said he believed in that, which I'm sure was just a very momentary fad. In the you got turned Christ. off Probably. by the locals. No, but it was this concept. Zayanti is the last Indian name Honestly, around here. This is a good connection because in the same way that that it's difficult to tell how we're not free, I didn't know that there was another thing that one could believe. I never knew there was a choice. It was just the sheer fact that Chris was believing something different that made me realize that I had a choice about what I was doing. Pirate perspective, sure. Yeah, and the same thing would be true of our. I think I got off on that as a kid. What? What? Being provocative in that way, I knew yes. I knew that for a lot of. You know, I'm sure you were trying to kind of blow my mind a bit, and you were. Maybe, and you maybe did. not with you because we were well friends. Had. But for other people, be like, no, oh, I think I you were doing it. it. I probably was. I was. That was a little bit. You like this? Well, I think you can be spiritual and not and still be an that time. I don't think Chris. I don't think little Chris on the trampoline with Sean <laughs> was really that passionate about his new belief system, which he had found. No, I think it was not. more about the relationship and seeing how Sean responded to Chris saying all these so things. Sean, you're on the trampoline and Sean's like, yeah, and Chris I'm, changed I'm a Mormon. I'm, Chris's I'm a little show, <laughs> so his interesting reaction <laughs> changed my whole scope. Wow. But it was, Do you it remember anything about the Ohlone anyway. religious system? This is the thing, no, but I remember Chris it. was not really responsible for that change. He was just a vehicle or an avatar for it. He was a vessel that allowed me to make the change that I was going to make. We use all the people around us to change to ourselves, us to, to like, propel us where we're go- We're in charge of the show when we're living in that truth of it, proton self, whatever you want to call it. 
Kyle, I don't remember anything about that. I remember dipping my toe in and experimenting with different kinds of spiritual belief systems, yeah. just seeing how they felt. You were doing that at that time. Um, and I remember some, I remember really having different views, too. but I don't remember any of them lasting or being stable. You were doing that really early on. Cause this was like, yeah, I was a little, I was a little kid just doing his spiritual seeking. I, I recall being more or less an atheist at around like 10 or something. Um, you gave up early. I gave up. I didn't give up. You found the truth. I found, Got I to the end. Found the truth at ten. <laughs> There's nothing else to find. No, I kept looking. That's, that was just one stop along the path. I look at atheism as more of a default position than a than a <laughs> than a conclusion. The it's like orange. you don't get caught. Like, do you believe? Do you believe that there is a, a teapot or a small, you know, orange glowing teapot orbiting Neptune? I believe that there's a teapot orbiting with Cobb right over there that we could get. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. What is your question? I mean, that'd be cool. Do that'd you believe that there's a small a orange a... glowing teapot? I, I don't believe that. Orbiting Neptune. I don't believe that that's true. And that's kind of I've, my view about God. Well, I've never is... observed anything about that, but I've observed many things about God. You have. I haven't. Yeah, but you've never tried I don't think that's true. I don't, I don't think that's you, true. You, you've never flexed the receptors that would maybe let you sense the orange. I haven't tried in the ways that you've tried. That's true. And I'm not talking about doing drugs, sir. What do you feel when you see extremely beautiful things? Like serenely beautiful. Yeah, like maybe calm, peacefulness. Serenity is not a, not a bad word. Uh, but what about uh, like the real deep experimentation within your own conscious experience? Does your conscious ever like tell you things? I dare you that you will probably, break yeah, through. Probably. Whatever issues with freedom or deception you have, when you start wiping your own face clean in the mirror of consciousness so that your experience is raw and all it is is you and that's all that there is, even if there's... 20 hot chicks in front of you or a whole audience on a screen it doesn't matter because it would never change the rawness of your truth coming out i can't claim that i'm doing that perfectly all the time sean brought but, me to explore communicating with god it was at the it's bottom like, the of it's the... communicating with yourself at a very deep level Ooh. if you start talking yeah. to yourself and your own truth you're in thirst for truth Fuck the deception. You want to rip that shit apart and get it out of there as fast as possible. And then you will find God in yourself. I, I, I think, don't want I it think, in myself. I want it outside of myself. I think a big... Yeah, well, then it, that happens afterwards. There's First a, you find it in, then you realize it's out, too. I think one Maybe big difference... At least that's how it's happened with me. Between, like, the way we come, come go, go about it is that I think I, I could have some of the same experiences that you're talking about and I wouldn't interpret it as evidence for God. Word, um, word, word. And, and probably true for you as well. So you talk about like what you feel when you see beauty. I think I could I think imagine feeling all kinds of serene, beautiful things. I think we have the same logical mind. I just think for some reason you're not having the same experiences or you're not doing, you're not running the experiments in the same way. Well, and that's possible too. And, and if that's the case, then I might just be screwed because like if I was a person who was born without, uh, so if I was a person born colorblind um, <coughs> and I happened to be born in a society that was full of colorblind people, but there was one person who happened to be born with the ability to see color, I would probably dismiss their claims 
of describing color. I would have no reference for it. If I was born colorblind in a society full of people who all had a very clear and like distinct shrimp way of, can of see describing color. in 50 colors. Who can? Shrimp. Oh, nice. Shrimp. Then I, then I, then I might, then I might believe it. How many um, just out of, just on like the strength of everyone's testimony. But because I, in the I back don't... of the library today, I found a box set of the giver. <laughs> the giver. That was a cool one. This is interesting, yeah, Chris. I feel like by the strength of everybody's testimony, I should believe in government and the power of my vote. But that is the opposite of what I believe. So that's not the only reason to believe. That's not the only reason to believe is 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 the strength of testimony. But if you found that teapot around, if you found that teapot around Venus, would you sit down for tea? Would you drink it? Then I'd become a believer in the teapot. Um, (laughs) If somehow you developed a special apparatus and you saw the teapot, but you realized that nobody else had seen it and nobody else had the apparatus that you had. And your apparatus was a bit too complex to describe. Nah, to this all is not people. that complex. It's your heart. This is the question: Would you tell them about it, or would you just keep mum? I've thought about that, and, and in a more concrete sense, if if I had like a serious like alien encounter, yeah, because right. you're, you're be in a position right, where right. like I might know in some sense. You would tell it changes us. Changes one hundred percent. You would tell us. Um, it's, I'm not saying I wouldn't tell you, <laughs> but I'm saying the there's a, there's the a real there's a real conflict there because do you want to be forever known as this crazy person? Yeah, um, but you wouldn't be known like that to us. That's the deception. No, probably not. That's the but heart to of enough the deception. People. But yeah, I, I think I would. I would end up telling Caring people more about the image of what you are than what you actually are. Well, I would also. I would also probably second guess myself. No, and I, would start, I believe you and trust you as an honest person. And I would like you wouldn't. I wouldn't go be worried through. that. Yeah. yeah. No. Some, I, so so the hard thing, like I don't know. I don't know what what I might experience that would, can, would. Some experiences that you have. You would want to tell people about, yeah, and others you would feel wouldn't be proper to share. Let me ask you about the about the heart thing you just said. If there were uh, an advanced alien being that was like, as where are you getting all these hypotheticals? I love this. Use all these scenarios. So much you got them like locked. Some in. of some of it's for me. Some of it is that they're famous thought experiments in philosophy. Yeah, this one is. I think it's called Descartes' Demon. Um, Descartes. Imagine there was an imagine there was an alien an alien being that was as advanced as much more advanced than us as we are to like an ant. Cool. Um, cool. But a but a but a being that that evolved and whatever. But it's the, it's technological abilities, it's mental abilities. It's so intense. And imagine that that being was somehow able to communicate with you and like express its like love for you and, and a sense of purpose to you it's trying baby how, it's come through an elephant baseline how could you <clears throat> how could you distinguish that experience from like a religious godlike experience <laughs> i don't think we could make a distinction i have between to make that a, distinction quite often because i receive communication from different beings and it's not the same as the God communication. The God communication is uh, like in a virtuous way that is trying to improve and help me while simultaneously helping everything else in existence. The other beings that are communicating to me might have a similar message, but it's not quite the straight on. And you have a Mm -hmm. tool Mm -hmm. that helps you decipher these things and it is a color-coded tool. And you just ask that the message coming in is uh, filtered through uh, like a white light. Well, then I might just say I don't have that tool. 
Um, yeah, you do though. You're human. You're equipped with it. Well, okay. It's kind of like a muscle that or you or that flex, I dispute that you have. But you've never flexed it. Before. <laughs> That's getting real, dude. You read the manual. You read the manual. On top of the RV, on top of the mountain, is a place for all those rules to be down. <laughs> It's almost, you can get rude. You can get. I know no. we haven't seen each other in a while, but I like it when you get rude. That was what? Wait, what was rude? I think that people have intense experiences that can be injured. Back. I think he's polite. Think My he's real. Polite. Okay, you want the unvarnished truth is that I think that people have, including me, but people have the capacity to have really intense emotional and mental experiences. That, that are, make them believe things that are not true. Well, it gives them some kind of a false pointer. Well, you you, cut you, off, you want to you want to make sense of the experiences you have, and so you you mm. fit them into a narrative that yeah. is somewhat sensible. And yeah. something in the realm of a spiritual narrative or a god narrative is uh, a comforting and a, an attractive one, and the best you can do maybe with those kinds of experiences. Sometimes you would be a great explorer of the uh, multi-dimensional universes. You'd be a great explorer of the Bardo. You would be a perfect person to take to Mm. be on the realm, to get to the other side because you would approach it as the data officer. When, when, when little Chris on the trampoline first got me thinking that there was other choices and I started to analyze things culturally, historically, from a logical scientific perspective, I didn't have the full picture at that time because all I was really aware of was Christianity and maybe a few small religions that seemed to have been stomped out by that. And from that perspective, it seemed most likely to be some kind of a, a human lie. And suddenly, you know, logic took over and that was what I believed it to be. And I probably think, well, there is no God and it's all false. Humans are made of lies. But the story continues because I continued to build my picture of humanity and history and spiritual spiritual thought and religion and all these different things. And it was like, oh, okay, well, it's not just Christianity and that one tale. It's all these other ones, too, that are all still totally alive today. And many, many people who believe these different stories... And once I got a better picture of all those things, kind of like Kyle's talking about, there's different tools and different colors and lights, and, and you, you made see a hodgepodge. How it all fits together. You put it in your pot, stirred it, up that soup. No, it's like it was the same logical scientist that set out from the trampoline, inbound for truth, that eventually filled his picture in enough where it didn't look anymore like a lie coming from man. It looked like God was there and man was just lying about him the whole time. The eyes turned into lies or the lies turned into open eyes. Humans are made of lies. Just open your eyes. Open your eyes. The whole picture is so good when you see all the religions together as one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just so easy to see it as truth that way, but it takes a bit of mind bending. I would like to time travel a bit. I would like to time travel to two months ago. And Chris, I'd like you to be with us as we are scientifically exploring the spring. At the Mm. bottom of the spring, at the bottom of the property, the spring is charcoal color, it's black. Sean says to plunge your head into it. You plunge your head into the spring. It's black water. Now you are there opening your eyes to the blackness. That was definitely the height of multiple podcasts at that point, (laughs) I think. It was, it was like the first one, the first, it was, like the... That moment in the podcasting, as I recall it, was bordering on what we're talking about creating where it becomes sort of a narrative, a storyline that's unfolding. Like there's a, 
a plot or a, a scene that's happening. Well, it, it shook me because it was an, it was an ex, it was yeah. a versatile tactile experience yes. of I didn't know it at the time, but exploring God mm. because you went into it. So put your head in the water, and what you're looking into no is the breath. blackness. You're looking into the void. You're looking in between the molecules to the place where things aren't decided yet. You're looking into infinite possibility. You're looking all the way into the matter to the point that you get to the chaos because it's the unshaped. It's where everything can come from. And what would that be? Infinite possibility, which would be ultimate power. What would that not be if it's not like God? So I don't know, but that that's a good segue into an important question when you're talking about this stuff is what do you mean when you say God? Because okay, let me your definition of God might be something power, that I would say. I, oh, sure, I, I, I was just going that for across the board, like just normcore calling it God. Yeah. Uh, like, I, no, let's not call it that. <laughs> normcore. Let's you call can it. call it any name. There's millions of names. Forget the, forget the name. Describe what you mean by it. What I, what I mean, I didn't know that, dude. I put my head under the water and I realized that it was the void. What is the void? At that time, I just thought it What's was emptiness. I thought the void was the my void. idea of the word, Why which is emptiness. naturally result in the infinite? But then we start to get into what makes up things and what makes up things. And you start getting into, uh, like we got into the periodic table and we're like rolling dice in the periodic table and like checking out the elements. But you take the elements a bit further and you start looking at what the elements are made of mm -hmm. and you get into that. And it's ultimately everything's made up of empty space. And inside that empty space is infinite possibility. Like that's just what it is. And so at some point there's a bridge between infinite possibility and what's going on here. The electron. A lot of times what is conducting that is, uh, well, it's, it's kind of open. The bridge it's kind of open what is conducting the transcendental it. state. It's what's between everything. I don't know that I object to any of that. I mean, I, I don't have any illusions that like my picture of the world is complete or that there aren't like huge amounts of like interesting phenomenon in the world that I have no or only very like a very dim perception of and that you know if I if I if I had the ability to pull back the curtain of the universe and like understand the secrets of the world I I have no doubt that my I would find that my current picture of the world is like incredibly impoverished and there's Word. so much more me too me too um, naturally but but from there my like my response is it's pretty much just that. It's just it's just to acknowledge that that's probably the truth, and my, my perspective is limited, and I'll do the best with like the what elements of my perspective I I can work with. Organisms you know? keep growing on organisms. The sexual evolution of the fish jizzing to the lizards to oh, yeah. the people peacocking all the way outside of the planet to the Mars orbiting the sun reach beyond that to the Milky Way and everything's coalescing and making it circles around each other and then it's being sucked sweating. into a black it's just fucking sweating on it for sure getting Emitting sucked everywhere. into a black hole and then just being uh, uh, recombobulated and being popped back out and then having the afternoon of the universe and then everything being sucked back in and exploding one more time. It's all just an organism growing on top of itself, growing on top of itself, which is functioning in an intelligence that is, you know, it's conscious because it's so fucking perfect. Yeah, money. Because it's 
beautiful. So you know that it reaches perfect. through. It's ready to be exalted. It's harmonious. It's like the it's, time it now. reaches through, and then that's when you get to be Bam. the fucking controlling the faders and being like a translator for it in my kind of thank you movie for controlling the faders and, and experiencing also, it. It's the time. It's the yeah. time that I have to start transitioning off of this RV and take a wicked whiz because I've got to take a whiz. You got that wicked, 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 wicked whiz. And get dirty with the oak. And there's one on the side if you want to be more logical. And it's got a bit of a different angle, so it's probably safer. I came. Really? The thing you got to watch out for is that this oak was not cut properly. You see that branch? Wait, you're going to run into it and end up like you're on a salvia trip. Did you cut this branch? by the forest. I'm gonna, don't I'm watch take, out for that oak branch coming out at you. I'm gonna take this one, but um, but I decided that couple of nodes right there needed to live forever, and that my one week here was not worth cutting into the oak. This doesn't mean that God is good, though, and this certainly doesn't mean that God is benevolent, and this doesn't mean that God is like not letting bad things happen. Like we're God born into a planet that everything. survives on things eating things. Like this yeah. is a a planet of gnarled destruction. I think that there's there there I have been able to talk myself into like I could probably explain things that I believe that would a lot of people would say, yeah, that's God. And I could say, okay, well if the, in that definition of God, I believe in God. I do I think that there is a transcendent order to things that we can only dimly understand and, and, it, and it's important stuff and it's big big picture stuff and a lot of that feels godlike and but okay, I'm gonna have to climb down. I have to pee, and and we're gonna have to head out. I like it's it. Ten thirty. I like it. TKO transcendent biological order. waves. TKO transcendent order. Our conversation. The biological has waves by urination. <laughs> we'll always win. As Kyle long ago aptly pointed out, you cannot hold piss. That is not a winning game. <laughs> did I make that point? No, yes, not. you did. You don't remember? No, and I, I don't get hangry, it's but I get grumpy when I have song. to pee I think for it's too track long. Three, baby. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You cannot hold piss. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta listen to this. So I what happens if I come you up here? You gotta remember the lyric. It's your own. What happens if I? I, I don't. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> what happens if I come up here? This is a good game. During the weekend, do you have service up here? Phone Probably. service? I haven't I, checked yet. Yeah, tell me that. I wonder if I can call you. I will check soon. Um, what's yeah, your weekend like? It's getting warm. It's getting busy. Taya's coming up on Friday. Yeah. I'm a little confused about who's coming up. Um, I have happened to have an open... You have an open invitation, Open sir. weekend. And I'm wondering what your flow is to see about... I will be here this weekend. Organizing with you. Thank you for checking. I'm planning on being here. I'm not planning on going anywhere. Maybe Sunday, but probably not. Nice. I'll probably be here the whole weekend. Nice. And you have my number now. I think I have reception. Look up your name. I got the number. Nice. I'll be down soon. I just got to luxuriate in this chair a little bit longer. No, no. Stay in it. to bring a drum set up this weekend but realizing that you're on the uh that might be the catalyst that a drum you... set on here would explode the whole universe <laughs> it would explode the what whole universe neck 
gear that you have, that might explode your throat chakra. Right? This is what I thought was a silken sh silken scarf. That is so nice. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Prime with the rich rainbow and the subtlety of the sacred geometry. Prime with the rich rainbow and the subtlety and of the sacred geometry. And a good knot coming out like a bird. And a good knot coming out just like a turd. No, I was not ready. A turd. I was ready. Yeah, that's good too. All I right, ready. I heard you. I was ready. <laughs> I was <laughs> ready. Soon. I was if ready. If you need to poop, it's I was over ready. There or anywhere you want. We're in the forest. Uh, uh, Just get uh, it away from my house. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got to have some distance. Got to have some distance. If it's stinky, put some dirt on it. If it's stinky, put some dirt on it. Put it back in it. All right. Give it some time to run set. I'm ready to come down. Whole universe. Sticks and stuff you got pointed off the RV. Huh? You got this oh, this one, one and the one off the front. Okay, this yeah, is a piece like... of bamboo. That is intended to become part of Going down now. Many steps. Hold this You're gonna hold that up with a piece of bamboo? Keeping these chairs. Cool. Cool. thing and it has to do with the way we communicate with each other and the intention behind that communication and what the intention is if the intention was to hurt or harm in some way then it's a violent act whether it's just a word Whoa, that's or not. a cat there's a cat where yeah right there uh over Katniss. she's around sometimes she comes in the rv sometimes she doesn't I was just around a mountain lion. Mountain lion came up to my parents' house. My brother was cooking tri-tip. The mountain lion came up to the window. I pulled in. I was like, oh my God. I ran it down the driveway in the car and then it just pulled off to the side and was just hiding from me. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh yeah, okay. And then just like crouched down and then was in front of the other door. And then we had like a few moments. And it just like rolled down the window and I was listening to music. And then eventually it got off and kind of slurped away and like turned around to look at me. At which point I thought, okay, it's my duty to like chase it off. It was already leaving, but to like let it know it's not welcome. And my voice cracked. I tried to yell to get out of here. I was like, um, 
Hey, muchacho! Yeah, yeah, my dad. crash a lot. Yeah. Those guys are no good. I'll take it in. This, this lovely bowl. Thank you. Thank you. She's such a funny cat. Whenever I finally get her in my arms, she just starts purring like, oh God, I've been missing this so much. But she's afraid of me. And she's not afraid of women. I think it's a male thing. So she's like always running from me. But if I catch her or if she finally gives in and comes to me, then it's so wonderful. Sean, I'm going to try to come up um, uh, Saturday. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday would be the best roll. If you come Saturday for sure. All right. Hey, this is in case I don't or whatever. This is... Um, also, the daytime, we have the most electricity to play with. Once the sun goes down, my battery situation is very limited. So for making loud sound, daytime is better. What um, is this? This is for you, Pons, a do-it-yourself special. Yes. I think you'll be inspired by this. This is for you to uh, read with Bay. Shells. It's a duplicate copy, so Thank it's you. on the discard. I'll check it out. But those eyewitness books of shells are very nice. Dope. All right. You guys are getting ready to roll? Yeah, it's it's roll time. Yeah, it's it's roll time. Yeah, it's it's roll. Yeah, it's it's roll. It's roll. Yeah, it's it's roll. Dude, I wish you could yeah, just start building with all of this. Yeah, it's roll. It's roll. Yeah, it's roll. Yeah, it's roll. Yeah, you build, you build, you build, you build the like a, yeah. I can tell you, like a cabin, a cabin with this bark. If you would, you just use something bigger for the frame, and then the bark would be like all the side, like some pipes or something. I'm using this very If you can cover that old trailer with that old bark, that's what I'm gonna build with it. Okay. S is gonna haul cars. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not this very pieces right here that I'm seeing. These are ones I just tossed up there, but the ones I'm selecting carefully. Give me a, give me a little goodbye. I'm going to walk with you guys to the very end. I'm not turning around and all these things are happening. Walk. Meanwhile, I have to set my metronome. Mm. I like your light in the bag. Nice. Uh, it's kind of amazing. The one thing we didn't get into in our conversation is the veiling that happened. That's maybe like the lie, the deceit. But there's a better word for it, and it's called a veil. It's like we made a game where we hid something. Then we have to go and find it. Should we continue? Are you Tariko? John, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Come again. Feel welcome. Soak it up, because I'm going to be here for much longer. This is the spot right now. I know, right? Yeah, this is where it's at. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Saturday. We should tell. Hmm? Yeah, kind of tell Hey, drive safe. I will. Can you close the gate on the way out? Yes, I will. Is it, is it currently open? I, I, we left it open because we figured we were in front of you. You were amazing. Um, that was some good time. Yeah. For sure, I was going to beat you. We're going to talk about you when we leave. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, talk lovingly, and I'll feel a warm We'll talk lovingly and I'll shut the gate. Sounds good. Okay. Great. You're always welcome too. Thank you. And I have a phone. And you have a phone. Okay. I lost three. Don't lose this phone, Sean. Because I was wearing pants that had a zipper right here. Uh oh. I've lost things to that thing. Two days in a row, it fell out of the zipped pocket. I, I have had that experience. Jay Baba. Don't lose that phone. You're ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. Service, text the missus.
One thing I learned too about these podcasts is listening back to them is that talking about God is really boring. <laughs> that's funny. It's like that's all I want to talk about. I keep talking about God and quantum and drugs, and I'm like, I'm the parody of who I don't want to be. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, well, you know, make yeah, it sparse. Well, you know. Yeah, well, you know. Not every episode, yeah, maybe. Well, you know. Make it sparse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting all jazzed up to ask you to get some audio. Yeah, a pretty, pretty much a straight interview podcast with um, interviewing authors about recent like books or articles that they've written. Oh, fucking fantastic! But then but, you're right there and with them. Yeah, and I think a lot of those guys, and they're experts too, because they will know what they're talking about because they're talking about what they want to talk about and, and what they just wrote too, like something that's usually fresh in their mind, and especially if, if it's something that they're trying to promote, like even these guys who I think of as, you know, rock stars in my world, they're not celebrities and they're not that hard to get a hold of, you know, I have occasionally just written like emails to, to authors that I admire and read and stuff and they just, they'll just respond. <laughs> Rad. And Rad. I've seen, I've seen sh- really shitty podcasts and